The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. in person and electronically via Zoom. Members of the public who would like to comment on hearings or other matters may do so via telephone only. To speak during any of the public comment opportunities, please call 888-788-0099 and enter meeting ID 9... Let me make sure that's correct because I believe it's... 965-3669 9762. This information is also available on the published agenda and the public public notices section of the city website and on the broadcast of this meeting on CTN channel 16, AT&T channel 99 and online at www.a2gov.org forward slash watch CTN. Ms. Thatcher, will you please call roll? Commissioner Rockland. Here. 
Commissioner White. Here. Commissioner Willis. Here. Commissioner Epperson. Here. Commissioner Quijano. Here. Commissioner Fortner. Here. Commissioner Ross. You have a quorum. Thank you, Ms. Thatcher. Um, I'll move on to item C, approval of the agenda. Are there any additions, deletions, or changes to tonight's agenda? There are not. Um, let me check. There are not. You'll note that item F5 uh, was incomplete, so we will be holding a quick public hearing on that, but there won't be any staff presentation. Thank you, Ms. Thatcher. See no changes. The agenda is approved as presented. Um, on to item D, public comment. This is an opportunity for persons to speak for up to three minutes about an issue that is not listed as a public hearing on this agenda. To comment on such ma other preservation matters, please call 877-853-5247 and enter meeting ID 965-3669-9762. Ms. Thatcher, do we have any callers indicating for public comment? We do not. Okay. We'll close the public hearing portion and move on to item E, unfinished business. And there's none. No unfinished business. <laughs> on to item F, hearings. Hearing F1, 1317 Broadway. Ms. Thatcher, will you please give the staff report? All right. Apologize to our audience members. If you want to see a slideshow, you're going to have to turn around and look at the <laughs> uh, the, the TVs behind you. The TVs behind. If you, if you want to see what I'm talking about, um, 1317 Broadway is in the Broadway Historic District. Uh, this is the. Let me get down. Down the side ones as well. It looks that like one. it's also. <coughs> oh good. Got it. Oh good. Okay. Sides have it too. Uh, this is the circa 1855 John Taylor House. It's a contributing structure in the district. Um, and I have attached the Broadway Historic District resource documentation in the staff report. Um, uh, just, uh, it's a vernacular home, it's one and a half stories. Um, the current cladding is asphalt, siding, brick, fake brick over, uh, over wood clabbered. Um, it is on a cut stone foundation and it has a, a shallow bay on the south elevation and I'll show you that when I go through the photos in just a sec. Uh, the front porch has been extensively modified, and the side porch has been uh, slightly uh, less, but still modified. Um, it first shows up in the city directory in 1868. And Mr. Taylor uh, worked in a paper mill and then turned to house moving. Um, George Kraut Tinsmith was resident at one time. And uh, the, regular, the applicant is seeking HTC approval to install vinyl siding over existing asphalt siding. This was an unusual one last month at the, the uh, review committee. <laughs> we were going up the hill to Broadway and I happened to notice that a contractor was installing vinyl, uh, which you can see in this photo here, so I had to stop and say, you need HTC approval before you do that. So they did and were very responsive. The owner got in touch with me the, me the next morning and um, made this application to the HTC. So these are review committee photos from Monday. You can see uh, where the vinyl's been installed just on this one side elevation, tiny bit around the corner here, uh, and not even all the way up. Um, there's a little bit better photo of it. The existing asphalt fake brick siding is in poor condition. 
uh, I think I have some more photos of that. And there were also a bunch of really good photos in the application as well. You'll note that there is some uh, interesting shingle work above the porch. This, this square post um, is a replacement for something earlier, probably a turn porch post. But this roof structure appears to be original. Um, and this, this, this little bit is, is probably the most character-defining feature left on this house. Uh, it's not known what's underneath the brick siding um, and whether there's any more detailing under there. All right, now we're going around the side of the house. This is a little, uh, little shallow popped-out bay window with a little shed roof. You can see the nice uh, stone foundation there. Moving around the back of the house, um, it's, there's, it's, it's, it's a pretty simple house, has a brick chimney on the side. I'm not sure when that was installed. And uh, one very interesting thing um, is these, these window, uh, I, I guess those are lintels or sills, below the sills, the windows sit on them. Only these two windows have them on the whole house, as far as I can tell. Um, they don't have them back here, unless they're possibly covered up. Mm. But it would be unusual to have a, a stone or a masonry uh, lintel down there uh, on a frame house. So it's just, it, it's neither here nor there for this application, but I just thought it was really interesting to see. Uh, the review committee did notice that there was a, a piece of the, 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 the brick siding, the asphalt siding missing. So you could see very clearly the, 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 the previous lap siding and what that exposure was. And also that somebody's gone through and drilled holes in it for, to blow in insulation. So those little holes are probably all over the place under there. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a side view where you can see where the, the lap siding is. Um, this is actually, this is probably it. This is the, the furring strip that the asphalt siding is attached to, like the one that you see here on the left. Um, let's see. So the vinyl siding is proposed to be installed over the faux brick siding. And the application says that no fascia eaves or window trim in the house would be covered over with vinyl. Um, it does say, though, that the half gable above the side door that has the wood decorative shingles would be covered with white vinyl scallops. And the front gable would also have white vinyl scallops installed. The extent's not known. Um, uh, and so I, there, 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 there are many competing factors in this application. Um, so the, let, let me go through the standard and guidelines and then we can get into more of the details. So standard two says that the historic character of a property will be retained and preserved. The removal of distinctive materials or alteration of feature spaces and spatial relationships that characterize a property will be avoided. Number three says each property will be recognized as a physical record of its time, place, and use. Changes that create a false sense of historical development, such as adding conjectural features or elements from other historic properties, will not be undertaken. Four says changes to a property that have acquired historic significance in their own right will be retained and preserved. Five says distinctive materials, features, finishes, and construction techniques or examples of craftsmanship that characterize a property will be preserved. Nine says that new additions, exterior alterations, or related new construction shall not destroy historic materials that characterize the property. 
The new work shall be differentiated from the old and shall be compatible with the massing size scale and architectural features to protect the historic integrity of the property and its environment. Finally, number 10 says new additions and adjacent or related new construction shall be undertaken in such a manner that if removed in the future, the essential form and integrity of the historic property will be unimpaired. Okay, from the guidelines for building site, it's recommended to identify, retain, and preserve buildings and their features, as well as features of the site that are important in defining its overall historic character. It's not recommended to remove or radically change buildings and their features or site features, which are important in defining the overall historic character. Um, from the Ann Arbor Historic District Design Guidelines for Synthetic Replacement Siding, it's appropriate to identify, retain, and preserve wood features that are important in defining the overall character of the building, such as siding, cornices, brackets, window, architraves, and doorway pediments, and their paints, finishes, and colors. Also, using replacement siding that exhibits a smooth texture. Uh, not appropriate is using vinyl siding to replace wood or cementitious siding, and obscuring character defining trim details, such as corners, window, and door hoods, and ornamental shingles. All right, so I think that this slide is important because um, if there is this blown-in insulation through the siding here, um, there's probably another one every three feet. No? Commissioner Rockland? Yes, please. Okay, the, the homeowner, we asked the homeowner about that. There's maybe five or six of them. Okay. He said that his insulation contractor went through all the bays and check them all apparently to see mm -hmm. if they were full or not. Okay. The ones that were not full, they got the treatment of tearing off through the brick stuff, a hole with cellulose in there, and then used foam to cap the hole. Okay. There, okay. There are several of those, okay. not one in every day. Okay. That's good to know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. So, um, you know, five or six holes, I think, could be more appropriately patched. I was a little concerned about 40 or 50 holes. <laughs> um, all right. So that was one thing that I wanted you to take into consideration. Um, the, the, the siding right now is not wood or cementitious, and the standards say that you should not cover wood or cementitious with vinyl. Um, this right here, uh, I don't think that any of the wood trim should the commission be, you know, considering the idea of allowing vinyl on this house, none of the trim should be allowed to be covered. I think that's just a, a starting place. And it, 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 it's not going to look the same. Um, it's very important that this be kept uh, as it was the last time that the fake siding was put on over the wood. Um, so those things should just remain exposed um, either which way. Um, so it, this is tough. If the property owner had contacted um, me ahead of time, I would have said vinyl is inappropriate and just left it at that. Um, uh, it would have been good also at that time to find out what was underneath there. Well, now we know because uh, the review committee uh, saw those, those pieces that were cut out. Um, another... Uh, you know, they could have just repaired the Fobrick siding, which would have been hard because that stuff's probably not available anymore. Um, and a more appropriate siding to use over other siding would be cement board, cementitious siding instead of vinyl. Um, I am still concerned that the number of layers that we're getting into of siding here, um, see how 
the these are what are they called J channels. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's now almost and maybe proud of the the, the wood window framing here, mm -hmm. when really it should be a little bit behind it or at best flush with the edge of it. I worry about um, how that's going to look appearance wise. Um, I'm also concerned about the condition of the siding underneath the asphalt. Asphalt siding is, is notorious for um, capturing water and holding it in really well against that wood siding. Uh, but there's really no way to find out how much damage has been done unless it's all taken off. So going strictly off of the standards and guidelines, staff doesn't recommend approval of this application um, because uh, I, I don't feel that it, it meets them. Um, but I do think that, that it's appropriate for the commission to you know, discuss it and go over the, the, the finer points. So thank you. That's all. Thank you, Ms. Thatcher. Uh, I believe Commissioners Rockland and Ross were on the review committee. Can you please give us your report and recommendations? Okay, I can start. Um, I guess it, it, the situation seemed pretty straightforward. Um, so just, you know, just, I guess, reiterating staff's um, understanding of the situation. Um, there were, you know, a few holes uh, where insulation had been blown in, like a handful. Um, the Inselbrook siding, the historic age, that, you know, clearly is an original. Um, clearly it makes sense to get rid of it. Um, there did appear to be the, the historic wood siding um, underneath the Inselbrook siding. Um, and we have the vinyl siding and you know the obvious issues that comes along with vinyl siding on a historic house, especially of this age. Um, I guess I don't, I, I don't really have a lot more to add just because it was just kind of a straightforward situation. Okay. Um, I, I will note that it appears that there's a addition like if you just look at the foundation of the house it looks like the rear part of the house was added later um so yeah that photo there either it's parged over the stone or it's a an addition you know either it's a replacement or whatever but there's some clues that maybe that's an addition that that's where most of the holes were also like maybe there were only a couple in the front of the house and then it looked like there were more in the the back of the house um, for whatever that's worth um, I think that, uh, yeah, the, the, um, the brick isn't so evident until you get up close to it, maybe, at least with my eyes, like walking by and kind of squinting as you walk by. Um, if you're not looking for asbestos, brick-looking asbestos, or not asbestos, sorry, as asphalt um, siding, it, it just sort of looks like a brown house. <coughs> Um, it, there are, there's no, okay, like the vinyl will have, um, there's basically no detail at all except for a, um, there's an interesting corner piece of the brick that I think it's just more of the same, on, like kind of glued onto it. So it's sort of the corners kind of stand out as having a bit of a shadow to them. 
and and I think that the vinyl will I mean you can see what the vinyl will look like the, the vinyl will have closer so I think obviously with with Hardy you can really replicate the historic details of the house um, with the vinyl you're really not getting close but you're in the same ballpark uh, with the brick it just wasn't there at all like there's just no detail at all um, I think that's 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 what I'd like to yeah I'll, I'll end there with the report okay thank you commissioners uh, would the applicant either please step forward or thank you <laughs> um, you have up to five minutes to speak if you have anything you'd like to add to the staff report or review committee I know you all may think this is a cut and dry issue Well, let's get right to the point. I've uploaded a stream PDF. I hope everybody has it in front of them. And that PDF document file, there's seven points I'd like to cover. To support my view, this house needs siding. In the end, I hope you agree. On 723 Moore Street, a few years back, this same reconstruction using synthetic materials has been approved by the Broadway HDC. We're asking for the same type variance tonight. If the HDC board requires a tear off and then a rebuild of the materials below, that will result in a five factor decrease in heat loss for this house. That's not negligible, that's dramatic and for years to come. Please see the R-value loss calculation on page two. Also, doing that will increase the carbon footprint for heating this home for years to come. That's a focus of all the citizens of Ann Arbor today. Right now, the Broadway layered Cedar Bend HDC area has a density of 23% use of synthetic siding materials. Again, Moore Street was approved for this type of installation. I proudly own this property for 34 years. I'd like to see it through to ensure the architectural detail and historical significance of this property will be saved with the same brown color detailing the same vintage era of lap boards. Chris from Kleinschmidt is a well-known sniding contractor. He's a quality guy, uses quality materials, and I'd like to move forward with him using the job. He cannot quote me Hardy Board. He can't do that. The only thing he can do is do the tear off, add foam, and then charge me $6,000 more, doing really hardly anything. Synthetic is a perfect weatherproof solution. It does both. It weatherproofs the house with an additional layer of R-value material and waterproofs the exterior walls. I'm not enlarging any footprints. We're not touching any trim or facial boards. I won't scallop the left side. I won't scallop the right side. I'll keep everything. I just need the siding. I won't do any window modifications. The siding is the same color as it is now. In the PDF, you'll see a mock-up 
of what the house would look like on the second page. In conclusion, as citizens of Ann Arbor, please consider the carbon footprint and moving forward with saving the R value of this home for future years to come. As a layman of sorts and asking for this to go through, I wish you consider the seven points before you reach, which could be thought of a cut and dry decision. God bless and thank you for your support. Commissioners, do you have any questions for the applicant? Commissioner Rockley? Question for you, Pat. Yes. I, I, I heard you get very emotional there, and um, we're, we're hearing that, and I uh, appreciate you coming before us today and, and sharing your thoughts. I have a very simple question. Uh, is, the, is the proposed vinyl siding smooth, or does it have a wood texture on it? I'll make sure it's smooth. I'll have them rip it down, put smooth up, I don't know. I haven't even looked at it. I don't know, to be honest, Dave. I don't know. Okay. All right. You don't. That's that's yeah. okay. Other questions? So I have a question. Um, so is the install is um, the installation of the vinyl? Is it is your um, contractor? Is he removing all the existing siding, or is he just adding the vinyl on top of? Yeah, well, apparently, I'm, I'm going to have to pull off what he did. I don't know right now. Right now, I was going to continue to do the siding and not touch any fascia boards, no windows, no scalloping. But that's, okay, so that's not my, my question. So the siding that's currently installed, the vinyl siding, did he take off? Did your contractor no, he remove did the not. existing he went siding? Over. No. Or, I'm just asking a question. Or did he just, just simply add the new siding on top of what's there now? He put a layer of Tyvek vapor barrier, moisture okay. barrier first, okay. and then he put the siding on top of it like every contractor, you know, pretty he, he much left would it do. There. Okay. Tyvek, and, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. Commissioner? Yeah. One, one of the problems I, I see is he bought this house before it was in the historic district. That's, that's where the real problem comes in. And uh, he bought it, what, 1980s? Yeah, 1987, I believe. Yes, and I think we put, we put this in the historic district. When, when was it, Jill? What did you think? 2009 or 12. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and the, so that's one of our problems. You know, he, he bought it. He, it's not like he knew about the historic district at the time he bought it because it wasn't a historic district. And now we want to apply this program. And I think we, there's some leniency here or variance in a sense that uh, he's not taking anything off the asphalt, uh, not asphalt, was it tar? Asphalt. It is asphalt. Asphalt. Yeah, asphalt. Okay, it's asphalt. Yeah. And so he just wants to put this on. And, and I, where I have the problem is he bought it in 1980. If it wasn't in the historic district, he'd been able to do that. And we're applying these new rules now. And I just think there should be some type of variance and try, try to make it fit our needs as well as create a variance for him. 
because you tear down the uh, any of this, he loses the what is it? The heating, the R factor. Correct. And, and uh, quite a bit. He's trying to keep this as as sealed as possible. Bob, do you have any questions for the applicant? I'm going to move on to the public hearing unless there's any other commissioners, okay. and then we can get into the discussion. Okay. So I think those are good points to discuss. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any other? Do you have any questions, Jerry? I didn't have a question. Okay. I just had a statement. Commissioners. Okay. You can have a seat. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, I will now open the public hearing for this item. This is an opportunity for persons to speak for up to three minutes on 1317 Broadway. As a reminder, uh, public comment may be made by calling 877-853-5247 and entering meeting ID. Um, find that. 965-3669-9762. And then just a reminder to press star nine on your phone um, to indicate that you'd like to speak. Ms. Thatcher, do we have any callers? Um, no one has indicated for this one. Now close the public hearing portion. Um, is there a commissioner that would like to make a motion on the application? Commissioner Cannell, thank you. I move that the commission issue a certificate of appropriateness for the application at 1317 Broadway Street, a contributing property in the Broadway Historic District, to install vinyl siding over existing asphalt siding as proposed. The work is compatible in exterior design, arrangement, texture, material, and relationship to the rest of the building and the surrounding area and meets the Secretary of the Interior standards for rehabilitation and guidelines for rehabilitating historic buildings. In particular, standards 1, 2, 5, 9, and 10, and the guidelines for building site, and the Ann Arbor Historic District design guidelines for synthetic replacement siding. Support. Moved by Commissioner Keanu, seconded by Commissioner White for discussion on the motion. Then Commissioner Rockland. Sure. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, I am thinking that this is a project that isn't so cut and dry, and I think it's worth looking at the standards very closely here um, because I don't really know um, if it fits entirely within kind of a typical siding replacement, since it's technically, I wouldn't call it a siding replacement. Um, like the, the historic district design guidelines, the, the section that is most applicable is synthetic replacement siding. Um, not appropriate using vinyl siding to replace wood or cementitious siding. Uh, so that's not what's happening. We're using vinyl, the proposal is to use vinyl siding to cover up existing asphalt siding. So um, I agree with the, sta I mean the standard is the standard, so that's, we can't do that. Um, but what is being proposed here isn't exactly that. So um, then I go up a level to you know the Secretary of the Interior Standards and, and just looking through all of those, um, it's hard to say where this crosses the line into not appropriate um, because no 
like the use isn't changing. Um, the the historic character of the property, uh, <coughs> no historic materials are being removed or altered for that matter, um, as long as the, the applicant has, has said, and I don't know if you have to change the motion or not, um, right. but yeah. that the scalloping is not gonna be covered up. So that one seems okay. Um, yeah, so, and then, um, you know, number 10, it, it can certainly get, I would guess, if it's removed in the future, it's, um, you're able to remove it just as you're able to remove the existing asphalt. So, um, n none of the standards are, are sort of jumping out. I, I know it's unusual, and um, vinyl isn't, um, isn't a material that, that we typically use. Um, so anyway, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm very curious if someone else is, is seeing this differently and, um, and can you know, point to a standard that, that it's, it's clearly not appropriate because of this standard. Um, so I, I have a question. Uh, Ms. Stafter, if you can bring up that, um, the guideline around the vinyl siding, um, the synthetic so when I read this, I'm not reading it literally to where it's just like vinyl siding is the use is restricted only if it's over, if it's meant to replace wood or cement siding. I'm reading it as vinyl siding is not appropriate, period. Um, and actually, this is not the, the one. Yeah, yeah, using the... I mean, I, I'm just looking at this as just like whoever wrote this wasn't uh, wasn't like looking at the whole gamut of of siding that could appear in the districts, um, because to me, I'm looking at it as as vinyl siding is not an appropriate material to be in a historic district. I mean, I can't imagine that if we had a historic house, and I guess just like as an analog. Um, you're not replacing a historic wood window. Let's say there's just like no window in the opening. We would not allow a vinyl window in that opening. Um, so I don't, I don't look at this material as appropriate at all, especially due to the age of this historic house. Um, and I would, I would hope that if this applicant had come to us, the contractor, um, before doing this work, we would look at either uh, hardy siding or wood siding. <laughs> if there is no ability to replace the, or to repair the historic wood siding underneath. Um, I, I would think that if we see a siding that's inappropriate or a situation that's inappropriate, we don't want it replaced with something that's equally as inappropriate or even more. We'd want, where we're striving for something more appropriate, especially due to the age and I think the significance of this house. I think that this is just, once again, tipping it, tipping the situation more towards an inappropriate scenario. So I, I won't be supporting this project. So it's pretty cut and dry for me. I have a question for the two, um, for both of you that were on the review committee. Were there, and it, it didn't seem like it from the photos, but were there any indications of additional, like what kind of trim is around the windows currently? Um, I know it doesn't look like there's a traditional trim like that. That asphalt siding goes directly right up to, like a wood a wood trim or a wood surround. It's a little bit difficult to see from here. Is it wood sill? 
I guess what I'm looking at is also the, you know, we, we touched a little bit on the detail mm -hmm. about the, the vinyl jade trim around that and that change in where you would historically see in like a wood-sided home where it appears that this home did have wood siding underneath the asphalt that there would be some kind of wood trim around those windows as opposed to a, you know, the way that it's trimmed out currently. Um, but it's hard to tell if the additional surrounding is, is part of the sash. Just from the photos, I, I didn't look closely enough, and I don't remember. But maybe, maybe the homeowner can let us know. If, well, uh, the trim around the bay window. Oh, no, sorry, just sorry. all of the windows that we're looking at it. The the actual sashes, and then around the sashes, is that wood or is that vinyl? Is that the that question? That is wood. Okay. Everything white you see is wood. Okay. Even around the windows, everything is. Yeah, that's all wood. And then all the windows would be trimmed the same way that they are currently shown on where the Correct. siding has yeah, been installed. Nothing's being touched on any of the trim at all. That, that was a priority. Yeah. It's just your question of so the the windows that um, still have the shutters remaining. What what will happen to the shutters? Those are being tossed out. They're just plastic shutters. They're decorative. I mean, really, they're cheap plastic shutters. I think it looks better without it. I don't know. I can put them back up. It's up to the decision. Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah. And I, I agree with I think Commissioner. Rock, I, I agree with both Commissioner Rockland and Commissioner Ross. I, 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 this is a really tricky, I think, application. I don't, I don't think it's cut and dry. Um, I agree with Commissioner Rockland in the sense that the guidelines aren't necessarily pointing us to a clear vinyl is not appropriate. It doesn't clearly state vinyl's not appropriate. It states vinyl's not appropriate to replace over two types of siding. Um, elsewhere in the guidelines, it does say that you know, replacing with either restoring original siding, original materials, or replacing with appropriate materials um, is the way to move forward. Now, appropriate can be defined, you know, I think throughout time and who, I guess, you know, by certain character, you know, certain character defining features, right? Like, so part of the reason we ask for cementitious is because it can have a it can it can look very much like wood. You can get the, a similar profile, similar exposure. Um, it has the smooth texture. Um, it holds up well over time. Um, vinyl has typically not had that, those same characteristics. I believe there are nicer qualities of vinyl than there are, and you can find cheaper qualities. Um, I do. Uh, I agree that. Adding, you know, installing the vinyl siding is a removable feature. It, it does retain the house as it is. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily damage any other features that are existing currently, especially if none of the other um, originally exposed elements are covered up. Because, in, in fact, even if they were, then they would still be there, but they would be concealed, and that we definitely want to avoid. Um, But then there's also the fact that there's, you know, some of this is exposed and now we know we can see what's there. I have some concerns about if the existing asphalt siding is in poor condition and is waterlogged and is continuing to be enclosed and enclosed even further, does that have, is there any additional 
you know, rot that would happen as it gets totally sealed up. I'm not probably like helping the entire situation, but these are kind of my thoughts. And then I guess it does look like there's an air gap. Okay. So I so don't. That, I don't know I think either. That's benef- no, you're, you're right. Actually, now that you say that, gap, so that's helping. You're right. Now so, that you say that, there is the. Uh, there's at least those one buys that are um, keeping that that siding like, off. So um, I think that's beneficial. Or I think this brings up a, a larger topic for the commission. And as we, as the um, applicant has stated that, and as Ann Arbor is moving forward, that there are a lot of like of concerns about thermal value, R value, sustainable homes, I think this is something that we need to be considering more often and maybe update our guidelines to be more robust in what material replacements are allowed. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence and I think that I understand the predicament that the homeowner's in um, and I can see in the guidelines as presented thus far that I think it, it is oddly fitting within them Maybe a little bit more so than not. So that, that's where I stand. Can I ask to amend the motion at this point? Yes. Why don't you amend it? Um, well, who gave? Was it Catherine? Are you, are you amenable to amending the motion to uh, include um, as proposed? Instead of as proposed, it's. Uh, without covering the scallops or leaving historic wood exposed or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we can, shall I read that now? Are you willing, if if you're willing to amend the motion? Maybe staff has it uh, enough or, do we need to be articulate? With our <laughs> yes, or? let's be clear. So that amendment would say, I move that the commission issue a certificate of appropriateness for the application at 1317 Broadway Street, a contributing property in the Broadway Historic District, to install vinyl siding over existing asphalt siding without covering the scallops and leaving historic wood trim exposed. As conditioned, the work is compatible yeah. with exterior design, ex- et cetera. Do any other commissioners have comments or thoughts? It just I basically am echoing your the predicament that you just described, <laughs> Anna. Because I also was wondering about the, you know, trapping any extra moisture under there, and that potentially being causing future issues, unknown because they'd be covered up. Um, but then I also look at you know the the before and after images that the, the applicant has provided, and and really with you know now as amended, the um, motion amended, and you know keeping the historic wood trim exposed, not covered up, you know do, is there really a a difference in the character defining features at that point? Um, but. I, I'm still hung up on this notion of, you know, our, not the letter of the guidelines, but the intent and tipping that scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've come across a number of those types of applications recently. Um, and I don't know what would, <laughs> what would help clarify all of this. I, I keep looking back at the, the standards or the guidelines. And, 
don't know. As a side note, I'm adding to my list for the annual retreat <laughs> yes. Yes. the discussion of uh, vinyl and other siding and uh, our values and energy efficiency. Thank you. Just taking another look at any of the guidelines. Are there any other commissioners that haven't had any comment? Do they have anything that they'd like to add? Or are we ready for a vote? Ready for a vote? Okay. Yep. All of those in favor of the motion, please say yes. 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 All of those opposed, please say no. 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 I'm going to do a roll call. <laughs> um, Commissioner Fortner? No. Commissioner Quijano? No. Commissioner Epperson? Yes. yes. Commissioner White? Yes. Yes. Commissioner? Yes. No. Uh, no. The motion passes four to three. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Thatcher. Um, okay, your motion, motion carries. Passed. Your application has been approved. Um, they still need to apply for permits. What was it? As conditioned. As conditioned. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll update you by email. Thank you. You're welcome. On to item F2 1341 Traver. The statute, please do the statute. I famously started the slideshow over again <laughs> instead of starting it from the right place. Okay, um, 1341 Traver Road is a contributing structure in the Broadway Historic District. This is a two-story colonial revival first occupied by Lauren and Elaine Jeedley in 1940. Lauren was a bookkeeper for Swift and Company, and the house features a center entry with a simple shed roof and symmetrical fenestration. In 2014, the HTC approved a backyard shed, which you would see off to the left in this photo uh, with a picket fence. It's on the west side of Traver, south of Pear Street, and the applicant is seeking HTC approval to add a backyard gazebo on a paver patio. Um, in one moment, I will check and see if the applicants are in the Zoom room and let them in if they are watching. So, let's see. This is a pretty straightforward application. Behind the house, there's this existing temporary gazebo, you know, buy it in a box and set it up. And the proposal is to add a larger gazebo on a paver patio. And I really appreciate it when owners mm -hmm. go to the effort to mark it out like this because it makes it a lot easier to envision. Um, but the green line is the extent of um, the new patio, and this is not a real patio, it's those IKEA wood outdoor pavers that aren't really pavers that just rot away after a couple of years outdoors. Uh, and 
here's uh, here's the front of the house. This is Traver down here on the bottom. This is an old drawing that came into the HDC of the shed and the, the fence from the last application that I remember. And here's where the 12 by 14 foot paver patio with a 10 by 10 foot gazebo would be behind the house. Um, the house is set back pretty far from the road. This is behind the house. It's possible that if you're way down Traver, you might see a little bit of the gazebo, but um, I think for all practical purposes, it's gonna be pretty uh, nearly invisible from the street. These are some 3D models that were provided by the applicant. The pavers, um, simple brick um, Holland pavers uh, in a kind of a cool pattern. And this is the gazebo. It's, it is, uh, comes in a kit. You assemble it yourself or hire someone to put it together for you. It's got a metal roof. Um, the rest of the construction is cedar, 10 feet by 10 feet. Uh, from the Secretary of Interior standards, I've already read to you one and two and 10. From building site, it's recommended to retain the historic relationship between buildings, landscape features, and open space. I really don't think that an unwalled um, gazebo like this would change that relationship. From the Ann Arbor Historic District Design Guidelines for new residential accessory structures, it's appropriate to retain the historic relationship between buildings, again, locating sheds and garages in the rear yard, and using exterior wall and roof materials that are compatible with historic materials on the main structure and in the neighborhood. This is, uh, you know, it's sold as a traditional gazebo. It's, I think it's kind of modern looking. Behind the house, I think either one would be fine. Uh, let's see if I have anything to add. There are no below grade footers. They're just, the posts are just anchored into the patio pavers and staff believes that the application is appropriate. The size and materials of the patio and gazebo uh, and the location and staff recommends approval. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Thatcher. Uh, Commissioners Rockland and Russ, will you please give us your review committee report? Mm -hmm. um, sure. Um, so I pretty much, I, well, not pretty much, I agree with staff's assessment of the condition or the conditions. Um, so the current little gazebo, temporary gazebo that's, that's um, um, there right now, um, it wasn't visible from the right of way. You know, not in the best condition. Um, and the way the, the the house kind of sits on the lot, and then there's kind of a large kind of side yard with a garden and a fence. It's really going to be super hard, or or just pretty much impossible to see this gazebo from the right of way. Um, I feel like it's properly scaled in terms of the height and the footprint, and it to me it's just a really good um, alternative to kind of trying to build something on top on the house or build like a separate building. So it's a light, relatively temporary, not visible from public right of way solution, I think for these homeowners to kind of have what they need and have a good use for in the backyard. I'm in agreement of what I've heard. Um, I'll just point out that the, the site itself is unique to what we usually see the um, the frontage is over 100 feet, um, and yet the house is pushed over really far to one side, <laughs> so much so 
that the neighbor's garage almost looks like it might be their garage. And it's like the eve of the garage is like right on their property line. Although if you look, their property line, as it goes back away from, from Traver, it jogs in. And maybe that's where the, the neighbor's garage is, maybe not. But anyway, it, it's, a, it's a unique site. There's, there's, a, there's a easement on the, on the far, on the opposite side for their neighbors who must be hemmed in by their property so that they can drive through their site and get to the neighbor's house that's behind them. So that's their drive as well. And they park um, kind of behind uh, where, the, where the little shed was approved in the, in the prior, um, in, in the, the prior hearing. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, applicant is online. Would you please unmute your microphone, turn on your video feed if possible, and provide your name and address for record. I don't think they're there. Okay. No, the, I don't. I don't see them in the Zoom room. So, okay. so we uh, will move on to the public hearing portion. This is an opportunity for persons to speak for up to three minutes about the application at 1341 Traver. Uh, public comment may be made by calling 877-853-5247 and entering meeting ID 965-3669-9762. If you'd like to comment, please press star 9 on your phone. Okay. I'll now close the public hearing portion. Is there a commissioner that would like to make a motion? Commissioner Ford. I move that the commission issue a certificate of appropriateness for the application at 1341 Traver, a contributing property in the Broadway Historic District, to add a 10 by 10 backyard gazebo on a 12 by 14 paper patio as proposed. The work is compatible in exterior design, arrangement, materials, and relationship to the house and the surrounding area, and meets the City of Ann Arbor Historic District guidelines for residential patios and decks and residential accessory structures, and the Secretary of Interior standards for rehabilitation and guidelines for rehabilitating historic buildings, in particular standards 1, 2, and 10, and the guidelines for district or neighborhood setting. Second. Moved by Commissioner Fortner, seconded by Commissioner White. Is there any discussion on the motion? I think it's very straightforward. It's totally removable. Um, I think it's a nice little feature for the backyard, um, for the rear yard, and you know, I think, like I said, I think it's pretty straightforward. So, all of those in favor of the motion, please say yes. 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 All of those opposed, please say no. Right, the motion carries. The application has been approved. Let's see. Now on to item F3, 121 Crest. Uh, Ms. Thatcher, will you please give the staff report? Twenty-one Crest is in the Old West Side Historic District. 
a one and three quarter story gable fronter featuring three over one and four over one windows, exposed rafter tails, a round attic window in the front gable, a full width shed roof front porch with tapered square half columns and a solid wall clad with siding to match the house. It's at the northeast corner of Crest Avenue and West Washington Streets. The applicant is seeking HCC approval to add a two-story rear addition, rotate the garage to face south instead of west, add a new asphalt driveway and curb cut, and add an air conditioning unit on the north side of the house. All right, here's the house today. Oops, well, we're gonna jump right almost all the way around to the back. <coughs> Excuse me. At the Review Committee site visit, we were talking about how nearly all of the windows in this house appear to be original. Most of them are three over one. I think a couple of them are four over one. The exception is these three windows here. We were speculating uh, that, that this may have been a porch that was enclosed. Um, the owner said that it's, the construction is a little bit different on the inside of this area. Uh, and these windows aren't the same proportion or the same type or anything. So they were probably added later. There's another photo of the back of the house. There's just a tiny little stoop landing there with some steps going down. Here's the view along West Washington Street. And the garage is in the back, currently facing toward Crest. The, um, there it is again. The driveway is on the Crest side of the house right now. They're not using it. It, it's, it, it could go all the way through, but it doesn't. There's just a parking space here behind the front wall of the house. Um, and you can see the trash cans and stuff are stored here. So the garage isn't currently used uh, for a car, for a vehicle storage. Uh, the proposal is to add a two-story addition off the back of the house. The rear corners are inset. And then there's a, a, de a deck behind the two-story addition. Also, the garage is proposed to be turned from uh, facing crest uh, to facing instead on West Washington, and this is a new proposed asphalt driveway. Uh, when we were out there on the site, there's a big tree, a big street tree, <laughs> right about where this, this driveway mm -hmm. is proposed, but, um, it, you know, so it would, it would have a little jog in it, but it's, it's not severely off. This is the first floor plan. There are, I didn't include all of the floor plans in here, but I think that the rest of them are in the packet, um, pretty simple. This is a nine and a quarter inch setback on the north corner and on the south corner here, it's also nine and a quarter. All right, the existing uh, is up top here. This would be the north elevation. These are those non-original windows that I mentioned. They're proposed to actually stay, uh, but the ones around the corner on the back of the house would be removed. So the, the, the addition is, uh, is also one and a half stories. It has some, uh, it's, I'm not even sure how to describe this, but you can see that there are trim pieces that come down to, to, to mimic um, uh, the, 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 the gable pitch. Um, and you can see that this roof surface is also lower than the existing ridge, and then it bumps back up when you get to this sort of 
faux wall dormer. It's just the wall, it's not really a dormer, but the trim makes it look a little bit more dormer-like and a little uh, less just straight up and down and imposing. Um, also on that same elevation you can see here is uh, stairs going down to an egress door that is below grade. I believe there's a window over there too. And there's the deck on the back. All right, here's what the rear elevation would look like. Right now there's just these two little windows. Um, they would be replaced by this addition. Um, here's the, this is, this is trim to, to make this appear to be more like uh, the existing gable, which is appreciated. The pitch is slightly different, but not a lot. There are two windows upstairs on the addition facing back. They are three over one. Um, they're uh, I believe it's aluminum clad. They're clad windows. Uh, and the trim is uh, boral on the addition, not wood. And the siding is, is cementitious. It's a uh, seven inch exposure. Uh, also to distinguish it from uh, the historic house. This is pretty thin existing siding. I think three inch exposure is about as narrow as we see around here. And then moving around to the south side, this board here, I should clarify, is just a piece of trim um, to sort of accentuate uh, the, the, the different parts of, <laughs> that's, that's not a very elegant way to describe it, but <laughs> you get what I'm talking about. Um, again, these are divided light windows, not true divided lights, but um, you know, uh, the sandwich with, with spacers in between. When this was originally proposed, these were just one over one windows. And between the one over one windows and the wide siding mm -hmm. um, and the tallness of, of the entire addition, it, it really didn't look right to me. And I recommended that they go with the divided light windows to tie it back in to the house a little better. If this were not on a corner lot, I probably wouldn't care. But since this is what you're gonna see when you're walking down the sidewalk on West Washington, um, the whole thing just gave off a, a, a little bit too modern vibe. And I think that by adding in these divided lights, it, it helps it relate back to the house a little better. Um, again, there's deck on the back. The deck is, um, is, is uh, treks or, you know, wood, imitation wood material. Uh, the, the guardrail is metal, it says metal guardrails uh, with a two by four composite cap. So the decking, it would probably match the composite decking is what I'm thinking here. <laughs> and these are the changes from the front. You can see off in the distance, this is the roof line of the addition. Um, obviously you would never really see this view unless you were standing smack dab in front of the house and not on the sidewalk. Um, but it does add a couple of uh, you know, dormer-like wings there on the back. There's information on the windows in the packet that I didn't copy over. There's information on uh, the cementitious siding, the hardy plank. From the Secretary of Interior Standards, I've read to you 2, 5, and 9, and 10 already. From the design guidelines for residential accessory structures, it's appropriate to maintain and restore historic barns, gardens, garages, sheds, trellises, and other accessory structures to match the historic materials and configuration. It's not appropriate to um, alter garages by using materials, configurations, and designs that do not match the existing or historic appearance. 
for paved areas, it's appropriate on residential properties to retain and maintain existing historic driveways and curb cuts, including two-track driveways and green space between the driveway and the house. I realize that the driveway is not currently paved, um, but this is the closest standard that we have to address driveways in general. <laughs> From the guidelines for additions, it's recommended to construct a new addition so that there's the least possible loss of historic materials, so that character-defining features are not obscured, damaged, or destroyed, to uh, locate exterior additions at the rear or an inconspicuous side, and limiting its size and scale in relationship to the historic building, also designing new additions in a manner that makes clear what is historic and what is new. Also recommended is designing additional stories when required for the new use that are set back from the wall plane and are as inconspicuous as possible when viewed from the street. Not recommended is designing a new addition so its size and scale are out of proportion in relation to the historic building, thus diminishing the historic character, or duplicating the exact form, material, style, and detailing of the historic building in the new additions that the new work appears to be part of the historic building. From the Ann Arbor Historic District design guidelines, it's not appropriate to design an addition that overpowers or dramatically alters the original building through size or height. All right, let me go back up and give you some staff comments now that we're through all of this. All right, for the addition, um, the house is currently 1,421 square feet. The proposed addition is 49% of the original, and the footprint is 50% uh, of the original. So they are right at uh, the maximum recommended sizes. Um, the roof ridge, I wanted to, to point out and get commissioner feedback just because um, it's, it's sort of newish and I'd like to know how you feel about it. So the roof ridge is here and we ask that the roof ridge be dropped below uh, the existing ridge and below any trim boards that might be applied there. Um, and then this one pops back up. It doesn't pop up all the way is high. It's still like four and a half inches shorter here than it is up here. Um, but I'd just like to get your thoughts on whether that is meeting the spirit of dropping the roof line or whether that's, um, that's uh, not appropriate. I do appreciate that it, it is still lower. And I also appreciate that uh, on some of these houses it's really hard to get the required headroom um, unless you get creative. But uh, that's something that uh, you guys can talk about in a minute. Uh, another thing that I want to ask you about is whether it's appropriate to have uh, cladding on your addition that's more than twice as wide as your siding. It definitely uh, distinguishes it, um, but that's, uh, I'm not saying it's too wide, uh, but I'm a little bit on the fence about whether it's too wide. Rear deck is composite materials with a metal guardrail. I'm okay with that since it's behind an addition. If this were just behind um, something that was a little more traditional looking, it might be different. And I might want it to be a little more porch looking, but um, it's not a porch, it's a deck. Um, and well, I said in here the location is out of sight. It, it, it's actually not out of sight at all. It's completely visible from West Washington Street, but I still think it's appropriate as part of the addition and not part of the historic structure. Um, moving on to the garage rotation and driveway with curb cut. So the garage does appear on Sanborn fire insurance maps and uh, 1947 um, aerial photos. So it is a contributing structure. Um, let's see. So rotating the garage and adding a new driveway is not compatible 
with uh, SOI standard number two, which says the historic character of a property will be retained and preserved. Um, there are also design guidelines that address this um, that say that the configuration of the garage should not be changed from what it was historically. Um, it would also alter, it would also add a new driveway. Um, and I, I don't think I have a good photograph of that, but it would change, you know, the appearance uh, from the street to have another driveway going off of West Washington. Um, there is a, on the drawings, there, there is the, the egress stair proposed here and a proposed AC condenser. And um, the applicants can correct me if I'm wrong when it's their chance in a sec to speak, but um, they were indicating that because of these, if the driveway doesn't get rotate, uh, if driveway, if the garage doesn't get rotated and a new driveway added, they'll just keep this stub right here, um, and 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 not try to push the driveway through because they want to build other things, <laughs> where that driveway would have to be if you were going to try to put a car in it if it's not rotated. Um, so. Let's see, the AC unit is fine. Oh, the house has half round gutters, so the property owner would need to maintain or apply for a staff approval to replace them with matching gutters. Half round gutters are really cool. Um, and I also noted that the front steps and handrail appear to be in poor condition. Uh, I can open it up if you want to see it, but I did receive, after the review committee visit, a drawing of the front stairs uh, being replaced with new stairs with closed risers that are more appropriate to the historic district and a very simple handrail, uh, you know, like that one, but nicer looking. <laughs> um, it's something that I would totally, I've already reviewed it, I would totally staff approve it. Um, it is part of this application though, and so if you'd like to see that drawing, I can open it up, but I can also, it's, it is in Legistar and part of the packet now. You might even have it, you might yeah. even be able to get to it, um, but I do wanna assure you that it's very straightforward and very appropriate. Um, let's see, so I have suggested two motions for you to consider. One is for the addition and, uh, and the deck and the air conditioning unit, and the other is for the garage and the driveway in case you want to consider them separately um, when you're after, after you've uh, gone through your discussion. So uh, I do uh, recommend approval of the addition, air conditioner, and, um, uh, and deck, and uh, I, I do not recommend approval of rotating the garage and putting in a new driveway. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Thatcher. Commissioners Rockland and Ross, will you please give your review committee report? Okay. Um, all right, so yeah, th this house is, um, you know, it's like ready for a renovation, but uh, but it's not so far gone, you know, like it really has a lot of, of character intact. I mean, it, it really has probably most of its original uh, historic character intact. It just uh, maybe needs to be uh, scraped, uh, primed, and painted. Uh, and it's because it, it's all there, you know, it, it really is um, a, a good a good pro uh, house for this project. And um, I think that, um, let's see, uh, just the, um, I guess, just, 
just something to think about is the, the fact that it's a corner lot and the, you know these corner projects are very tricky and um, it's visible from yeah from Washington and from Crest and uh, the um, do we have a picture of the garage or mm -hmm. okay yeah so the, the garage has yeah the um, swinging doors and it's it's kind of nicely placed at the moment in the back corner there when there's the addition you know the addition will be the addition plus the deck it's it's getting close now to that uh that corner mm -hmm. uh that existing corner although i wonder what that dimension is um, but anyway so that's just something to think about um with the garage um, commissioner ross um, i guess i don't have much more to add um, i'm just interested to hear um, what the other commissioners uh, say i mean uh, to kind of reiterate um, Commissioner Rockland's point, the, the yard is, it's, the backyard's not so big now. Um, so once that addition is constructed and then, you know, the deck is projecting out um, and then also kind of projecting out on the side, it is gonna be a pretty tight fit. Um, and I would almost fear that without the garage being used, I, I, I don't just, in my experience in the world, um, the best way to preserve a building is actually put it into use. So my fear would be that if it's too tight and too kind of crammed back there, that the garage would just, in its current location, would not get used and probably would end up falling down. But um, but yeah I, yeah, I would just be more interested in discussing with the rest of the commissioners the, the project. Thank you. Um, is that applicant present? Would you please step forward, state your name for the record, and you have five minutes to speak. Um, if you'd like to add anything to the staff report or review committee. <laughs> Can you, good evening. Thank you. My name is Bonnie Greenspoon, and I am the architect, and my client, the homeowner, is Robert, who is just behind me. Um, as stated, the house is uh, just over 1,400 square feet on two floors, and it is currently two bedrooms one bathroom on the second floor. There is one bathroom in the basement. However, from a legal standpoint, from a code standpoint, I would not consider that to be a legal bathroom. Um, the house has been owned by the previous owner for 50 years and has quite literally not been touched for 50 years. And so, um, not to contradict your statement about just you know, re just a new fresh coat of paint. <laughs> the, one of the photos that was shown of the northwest corner where we were talking about the street, uh, a porch that might have, that might have once been a porch and, and has now been enclosed, the, the wood is quite rotted in that location and would obviously need to be repaired at that location among many other places in this house, around this house. So, um, the house is currently two bedrooms upstairs and one bathroom, and that one bathroom, by code, is again not legal because the roof slope is so steep that it limits headroom in quite a, a large majority of that bathroom. So from a code standpoint, a current building code standpoint, um, most of the fixture clearances would not, be, uh, would not pass. 
Um, the basement contains a legal bedroom because there was an egress window added at some point in time. We're not sure when that was added, but it's clearly a large window that is not original to the house. And um, so we are proposing to increase the floor area by just under 50%, which would add a master suite on the second floor. So basically creating three bedrooms on the second floor, two bathrooms and some closets, not a grand suite, but there, it will be considered a master suite because it would have its own bathroom. And um, we are adding a half bathroom on the main floor. There's currently no bathroom on the main floor. We are, uh, um, I'll talk about the garage now. We are proposing rotating the garage 90 degrees, which would turn it from facing and opening towards Crest we would face it south towards Washington. By doing this, let's say we were able to access the garage as it is currently located. That would mean if we were to pave a driveway to the garage, that would entail a driveway that's about 692 square feet of impervious surface. By rotating the garage, we reduce that number by about one third. So it takes a 692 square foot driveway and reduces it down to 237 square feet, which is a great advantage on a small site when we have to deal with uh, stormwater. Um, in its current state, the floor of the garage may have once been a concrete slab, but because the grading from crest down to the floor of the garage slopes down towards the garage, a lot of water has run down in that direction into the garage, degraded the slab. There isn't much left of it. My client would like to put a slab in the garage, which means uh, essentially lifting the garage in order to put a slab in. And so we thought, why not rotate while we're lifting? Because A, you know, it has to be lifted anyway. B, we reduce the water runoff down towards the garage because by rotating the garage and having the driveway um, south towards Washington, uh, the grade is pretty much level in that direction versus going up towards uh, going up towards Crest and. The other thought was that the, pro uh, the property adjacent to this house on the east along Washington has its driveway on, on the west side of the property such that the two driveways would be adjacent, whereas the house to the north on Crest, which is 115 Crest, has its shared driveway to the north of that house. So basically there's the driveway of 115 Crest, then there's Crest, then there's 121 Crest driveway, potentially, and then this house. So it would reduce the, just the, the amount of paved area and would reduce, because the house to the north on Crest is pretty close to that property line, you would, it would allow a green buffer between the house to the north and the house that we're dealing with here. I hope I've explained that well. <laughs>
Okay. Can I ask a question about that? Absolutely. I, I thought that staff said that if the garage wasn't going to be rotated, you were not going to do a driveway on the north side of your house. But is, is that well, we not couldn't. Oh, okay. I right, mean, so, because but then you were saying it's 690 square feet, but you can't do that anyway, or well, I I guess I'm speaking theoretically. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you were to do it, it would be that big, but yes. you're not planning on doing it well, either way. Um, are we planning on? <laughs> I don't think we know if it'll fit uh, at this right. point with the stairs and with everything else. That right. We okay. Because. We had originally planned that the stairs to the basement be on the south side of the addition, which mm -hmm. is essentially on the in the front yard. And Jill said, "Oh no, you can't do that." <laughs> so, and that's when we were thinking we could have the driveway along the north side. Mm -hmm. But once we flipped the stair to the north side, it precluded that. However, if you wanted more driveway, it would be more than if you rotated the garage. Thank you. How is the historic driveway going to be treated if the new driveway is approved? I guess I'm thinking that, well, the historic driveway currently is gravel at best with grass and weeds growing through it. I'm, I, I'm not sure. What do we? What's the plan for the existing driveway? Exactly. It's just green space. Hey, Robert, could you come up to the podium? Oh, sure. They can't catch your voice on the mic. So the plan for the existing driveway has yet to be developed, but I, I would imagine it would be green space between the two houses. Uh, I don't have a plan. So there would be no, no reference to the historic the original driveway. <laughs> no reference to it? Like, if someone were to drive, drive by or walk by, it would just look like lawn. There would no be no. Yeah, I suppose. Right. Yes. The existing curb cut would remain. I'm sorry. The existing curb cut would that remain? No. The no, city wouldn't let you have a curb cut that doesn't lead to anything. Two curb cuts? No. No. Well, it would have to. you could potentially have two curb cuts, but you couldn't have a curb cut that leads to no legal parking space. Mm -hmm. So if you put lawn where the existing driveway is, it's not a legal parking space. So you'd they the city would make you get rid of the curb cut. Right, right. So can we, <clears throat> question is, can we leave the existing parking space and the curb cut? I could do that as well. If it's a nod to the existing historic driveway. Which is not much of a driveway. <laughs> and the, the existing driveway is just gravel. Two tracks. It, essentially, yes, it's, it's, it's overgrown at present. Yeah, I think you can see it in the photo. It's very minimal, I believe. The previous owner parked one very small car, nose first. There's a good photo of it in the packet. There you go. Sheet 16. It's not a two track. No, it's not a It's really. Oh, okay. Will it fit? Will it fit? It's very, very close. Like that car would fit. I don't think the car much larger than that would Yeah. It's, I think the door opening is seven and a half feet, so it's not, it's not ideal that they have bigger cars What are your plans for the, the garage other, you're talking about raising it, turning it, the original doors and siding, would that all be retained and restored? Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Okay. Yeah, the plan is if, if, I would probably, 
regardless of its orientation, scrape it, paint it, clean it up. Um, whether or not it's used as a, a, a for an auto, mm -hmm. I guess would drive and speak to how far I go with the concrete and the, anything on the interior. It's it's pretty stable. Okay. Um, I've done work on other garages in the neighborhood that weren't nearly as stout. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in, in the, at a minimum, scrape it and paint it, okay. and depending on the function, new slab, electric. Okay. And then when you mentioned raising, it was just raising to get the slab in. It wouldn't be raising the height at any. Yes. Okay. Commissioner Rockland. Yeah. Question. Uh, can you speak to the aforementioned siding exposure, why that was chosen? And then um, also, is there a skirtboard trim on the addition? It's, it's unclear from the drawings. Uh, if there is or not. Um, we were showing a larger siding exposure than the existing three inch, and we were suggesting seven inches, but um, we're open to other suggestions, so that's, <laughs> that's not a problem. Okay. Uh, we're not disputing. Um, the current uh, addition as shown is not showing a skirt board, but again, um, in, in part to differentiate it, nor are we showing, oh, I can't remember. Oh, we are showing corner trim. I'm sorry. Um, but we're open to suggestions as well, so we can be flexible. Okay. And then I, th I think you sort of touched on it, the, the height of the new addition. Um, Ms. Thatcher did you know, raise some question or concern. Can you talk about the height a little bit? Um, because of the steep pitch and trying to occupy as much space mm -hmm. under that roof because the eave is quite low, um, yes, we are trying to maximize the okay. height while staying below the existing, and that's why you see the little piece that actually connects to the existing is quite a bit lower, and then we are able to uh, pop back up and then um, have a, the appearance of a very uh, steep pitched gable on the back. Uh, the objective is purely to occupy as much space as we can mm -hmm. under that roof to maximize, just to gain as much space as so we the, can. The floor space as it's set up now, you reach your, the, where the roof pitches at your max. Yes. It, that's where you get your habitable space. So any lower you drop it, you would lose some floor area. Yes, correct? I mean, um, the master bedroom, which is primarily in the addition, is quite small as it is. It's about 12 feet by 12 feet. And trying not to lose floor space in that, even though by code we can do less than a, a five-foot ceiling in there, as long as we have a 70-square-foot area that is above, mm -hmm. uh, above a seven-foot ceiling. The problem is within the the link, which is the sort of lower, the high-pitched roof mm -hmm. where it goes lower, um, that's the bathroom. And you know we need fixture clearances around toilet sink showers. And so it's really, really difficult to, to squeeze everything in. You know, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a small house, and we're, we're trying to make it, by today's standards, uh, you know, it's a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, by today's standards, that just you know, it doesn't sell. Right, right. Commissioners, any other questions for the applicant? 
Okay, thank you. You may have a seat. Thank you. <laughs> um, I will now open the public portion, uh, a public hearing for this item at 121 Crest. If there are any um, callers who would like to speak about this application, please call 877-853-5247 and enter meeting ID 965-3669-9762. This information is also on your agenda, and please press star 9 on your phone. I do not see any callers right. for this item. Thank you. I will close the public hearing portion. Is there a... So we have two motions to consider. Um, is there a commissioner that would like to make either a single motion or one of these suggested motions? I'm going to look both ways. Commissioner. <laughs> I move that the commission issue a certificate of appropriateness for the portion of the application at 121 Crest Avenue, a contributing property in the Old West Side Historic District, to add a two-story rear addition and deck, and an open, excuse me, and an air conditioning unit on the north side of the house as proposed. The work is compatible in exterior design, arrangement, texture, material and relationship to the rest of the building and the surrounding area and meets the Secretary of the Interior standards for rehabilitation and guidelines for rehabilitating historic buildings. In particular, standards 2, 5, 9, and 10 and the guidelines for additions as well as the Ann Arbor Historic District design guidelines. In particular, the guidelines for additions. Second. Move. Sorry, moved by Commissioner Wills, uh, seconded by Commissioner White. Um, are we okay to discuss this motion before, I think, moving on to the garage? All right. Um, I, I, th I think this application is fairly straightforward. There are a couple of as far as the addition, I think there are a couple of hesitations I had regarding the height of the addition overall um, compared to the existing house, especially since it is on a corner lot. Um, trying to consider that you know the massing size and scale in relation to the existing, it looks. I think the overall footprint, you know, makes sense as far as the size, but. I can't quite tell what it is, but it's looking like it because its height is so close to the existing, it, it's bordering on that, that overpowering. Um, and I'm not sure if part of that, you know, column that we're, we're looking at on the screen with the, the higher shed roof, if that makes it seem higher and therefore um, is starting to create some imposing condition on the existing, but that, that's kind of where I am right now. I think most of the other treatment is is is, is um, compatible. Um, I, I don't think I have an issue with the, the seven-inch exposure on the siding. I think that, that does differentiate, but I think this, this portion will be very exposed, so I think the height is really one of my, my bigger concerns at the moment. Um, I agree. I, I'm not, I don't have much issue with the, ex the exposure of the siding. I think the differentiation, you know, horizontal siding, it's, in my mind, I see that as compatible, but different, clearly different. Um, 
Yeah, where I take issue with the addition is that that height of the the main portion of the roof. I appreciate the the consideration and use mm -hmm. of that hyphen portion to help separate and make that break. I think maybe, you know, if the site and the design allowed for it, maybe a longer <laughs> hyphen if possible, but that's not always the case and not the case here. Um, and I think that bumping up oh, did you catch any of that? <laughs> Sorry, start all over. Um, I, yeah, if, if that hyphen was wider, maybe it wouldn't be read as uh, imposing the the addition on height. Um, and I think with the the window proportions and everything, it, it's reading very vertical. So I think it it is working in my mind, a little bit against the goal of the guidelines. Um, I question, I don't know, maybe I'm not understanding the, the interior layout too much of the second floor, but um, if, if that overall height that you were describing is really at its you know, minimum in order to make it the most useful, or if there was a way to bring that ridge line down some, um, that could help differentiate the, the roof pitches again because it is such an exposed site and exposure of that elevation. Um, that's where I'm having difficulty with the addition. If this mm -hmm. was a cross gable house, if the, if the addition was a cross gable, then the ridge mm -hmm. line could be just below the ridge of the existing house. Isn't that what we typically see? But but in an addition where the gable is facing the same way as the existing like gable, it steps down, the, yeah. right? Interesting, okay. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point because those, a cross gable addition doesn't, wouldn't feel looming in that way, even if the ridge is basically the same height as the existing ridge, but right, you're this reading appears it different. different. Yeah. Commissioner Rockland, do you mean if you had uh, gable dormers instead of shed? No, I'm talking about if, if the ridge was perpendicular, the ridge of the existing is perpendicular to the ridge of the addition. So right now the view that we're looking at is that if we saw the Talking about a totally different, it's totally different uh, hypothetical. I'm just yeah. thinking ridge yeah. heights because yeah. that's what we're talking about here is, yeah. right. is ridge heights of existing versus ridge heights of additions. Mm -hmm. And uh, this ridge is slightly below uh, the ridge of the existing. And I know that there's, yeah, there's just a, uh, a difference um, between the two examples I just gave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we would address the. <laughs> What's that? Find the rear elevation. The rear elevation. Yeah. Do we have the side by side? Oh, yeah. I think the other thing I'm looking at is the the eve, especially in the side view looked a little bit higher than the existing, especially on that, that Washington Street. Um, 
So I think that it's I lower. think is also right here. Yeah. Oh. The first floor Eve is lower. That's lower. The second floor Eve is higher. Right. So I feel like that that's making it also seem a little bit higher. All right, right. That that that's lift, that roof now appears to be much taller than the original structure, also because it, it it's within a height. I, I'm just seeing it as being. I think the massing overall seems. It really is right at that 50 percent, but it's also really taking up that. It's not just. The roof, the roof hyphen, I think, is appreciated, but then the walls don't also kind of make that hyphen at that, that one end step. And then, so the footprint is a large mass, but I, I do appreciate there, there's some design elements that are really nice, like that, that dormer is made smaller. So it, it's mm -hmm. we're trying to minimize that, that massing overall. So I think that is, that is really helpful. Um, I just think in, in general, the mass seems to be almost overpowering this this portion. And I, I'm concentrating, I guess, on this elevation. The um, I think this is a south elevation that's on Washington, because that is and maybe the review committee can weigh in here on how they think this elevation is going to be viewed. What are the other houses like along this street within this area? Um, what other additions are, are there that are visible? What are, or what are your perceptions on how this will be perceived within the context? I mean, I, I, I guess I don't have a lot to offer in the sense that I didn't do a whole lot of, unfortunately, kind of looking at the adjacent houses to see if, if there were any kind of large additions. Um, but I guess, like, I, did, I didn't notice that there were any. Um, this being on the corner, I mean, it will, it'll certainly be visible, obviously. But yeah, I guess I, did, I didn't notice any other houses around with large additions. Yeah, I think on that part of Washington, I mean, you'd be on Washington at that point. Right. So I think you see the front, yeah, you see the front gable of end of right. those homes. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see the broad side like you do at the corner. So it's a little different. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I was just really looking at the, the homes on Crest. I didn't look on Washington, but um, I know we've approved an addition two doors down. Um, it was a much smaller addition, uh, but it's, um, it was, yeah, there's an, adi an addition approved uh, two doors down that I think might have Maybe it was, no, it was a smaller addition. I don't remember if it was a one-story or a two-story. On Crest. Do you remember? Right. Is that your? I don't. I'd have to look it Michael up on Kirshner. Street View or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do know that the greenhouse next door doesn't have any additions on the back. Uh, and then going down Washington, you know, the additions would be on the back. and. Yeah. Harder to see because right. those lots are narrow. I and guess what I'm asking is, together. from this corner view, yeah. how much of that addition is seemingly visible and obstructing any, or changing any of that street mm -hmm. viewers? And I that'll see. be a question for the, the driveway as well. Does it seem like there's a, a large impact, or is it, you know? There's a tree there. Looks like it's from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See it on the right? Yeah. 
I'm just asking. It, I mean, reference. the entire the entire edition would be very visible, right, from Washington. No, that I understand. But, I guess yeah. I'm asking how what the, the sense of that impact would be on, you know, the adjacent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to say since it is a corner there, and really yeah. you would just be seeing that not in relation to the side of any other yeah. homes at that point. Yeah. And you said that tree is where the proposed new curb cut is? Yeah, can we save that for the garage discussion? Sorry, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> I got distracted by looking at that photo. Um, also, just for clarification, I, I don't think, well, I'll ask the question. If, if you can go back to that photo, Joel. Mm -hmm. mm. Which one would you like? The, that one. Okay. So is the skinny chimney that we see kind of above the gate, the existing dormer, is that this house or is that something beyond this property? That's this house? Yeah, I, I didn't catch that in any of the drawings. So I was just curious where that actually was. I mean, it's... Could, could one of you come on up for a sec? Maybe I'd just clarify the intent of... That chimney stays, right? The chimney. If you want it to stay. <laughs> well, it's not, it hasn't been proposed to be removed, so... It, ha it has been proposed. Um, it Is that in the application? It's quite slender and structurally probably would need to be rebuilt if at least repointed. We don't know... Uh, what the condition of the flue is like or what's inside of it, obviously, would have to be rebuilt. Um, it's not used. There is no fireplace in the house. Um, is it just a vent? Like it's, a vent it's a vent for the furnace. And at this point in time, we use high-efficiency furnaces that don't require that sort of venting, as well as potentially a uh, on-demand hot water system, which also don't require that sort of venting. So yeah, I guess in this kind of text um yeah yeah I, I just was asking for a clarification on what the intent is because there was, i don't think there was any mention of it in mm -hmm. the application so uh, if that's yes. part of this right. application or not um or. yeah i think it was just a matter of upon a really quick visual inspection it was not in great condition to say the least in terms of the mortar of the of that would you like the commission to consider allowing you to remove it as part of the application? Yes. Okay. okay. Thank you. Before you ask the review committee, uh, I did not look at the <laughs> chimney while I was out there, unfortunately. So sure. I'll just no, answer I, I, that. Uh, yeah. I agree. It's quite We should have, though, but uh, we didn't. Sorry. <laughs> And maybe that's telling of its well, contribution of the features, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or not. Any other comments, questions, thoughts? We're ready for a vote on the addition. Do you guys well, want to deal I'm with the chimney in the motion or not? Oh. <laughs> 
you want to add the chimney to the motion? Do you need to amend it? Or did you already add it? Yeah, I have. I, I have not added it. Well, yeah, add it, please. Commissioner Willis, Willis are you uh, okay if we add removal of the chimney to the house? Yes, yeah, <laughs> okay. Do we have a photo of it? So I mean, I see Other here. Can this. we zoom Other in than on that, the photo and just think. do Does it our show best? Up in the, it was really hard to see on Street View. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, just, it's just these two photos yeah. that show it. I kind of look through the trees. It's a, it's a, like it's a, a furnace vent or a water heater vent. It's not a fireplace or a, right. a yeah. wood stove or a, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I'm looking on Google Earth. I see it's nothing got a little cap on it. It's, it's, about it. It's 16 inches by 16 inches. Just the, it's just for clean housekeeping here, the paperwork. Yep. For that. <laughs> so. All right. I'm glad you brought that up, though. Thanks. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, the chimney has been added to the motion. After as proposed, I added and removed the chimney. The work as amended is compatible. Thank <laughs> you. Any other further discussion on the addition portion? I mean, I'll just put in my two cents about the addition. I, I think that uh, this house is, I said it was difficult that it was a corner house. All corner houses are difficult. I think adding to this difficulty is the very, uh, steep roof mm -hmm. and the fact that like so many of these houses the it's not a full two-story house right it's a one and a half or whatever we can give it one and three quarters maybe <laughs> one and a half uh, it's one and three quarters it, it's very difficult to add um, to a house like that and I think that this proposal um, took all those challenges and, and tried to weigh differentiation versus compatibility, the, the steep roof, the, the one and three quarters height and, and came up with a clever solution to it that um, I think is meeting the standards. Thank you. Bob says we're ready for a vote. Okay. All of those in favor of the motion, please say yes. 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 All of those opposed, please say no. All right. The motion for the addition as amended carries. Um, is there a commissioner that would like to make a motion regarding the garage? Commissioner Kiana. I move that the commission issue a certificate of appropriateness for the portion of the application at 121 Crest Avenue, the contributing property in the Old West Side Historic District, to rotate the garage to face south instead of west and add a new asphalt driveway and curb cut from West Washington Street as proposed. The work is compatible in exterior design, arrangement, texture, material, and relationship to the rest of the building and the surrounding area and meets the Secretary of the Interior's standards for rehabilitation and guidelines for rehabilitating historic buildings in particular standards 2, 5, 9, and 10, and the guidelines for building site, as well as the Ann Arbor Historic District design guidelines, in particular the guidelines for residential accessory structures and paved areas. Second. 
Moved by Commissioner Keanu, seconded by Commissioner White. Who would like to start the discussion? I'm sorry, it seems so long ago, but could staff just reiterate <laughs> what is at play here? Because I think that it is very specific in the standards of what you can and can't do. Mm. I just need a refresher. Certainly. Um, let's see. So standard number two says the historic character of a property will be retained and preserved. Um, the removal of distinctive materials or alteration of features, spaces, and spatial relationships that characterize a property will be avoided. And staff feels that rotating the garage and relocating the driveway would significantly alter features, spaces, and spatial relationships of the site. And then per the Ann Arbor Historic District design guidelines, um, the change in appearance and the additional driveway does not match the historic configuration of the garage and driveway. That was the... Sorry, my pages are messed up here. That was the design guideline that said, wow, I'm really messed up. There it is, there it is. Um, it would, it's appropriate to maintain and restore historic garages to match the historic materials and configuration. So configuration is the key word there. And it's also appropriate, um, it's not appropriate to alter historic garages by using materials, configurations, and designs that do not match the existing or historic appearance. So I've, I've, I'm hinging my review on the word configuration. I think that rotating the garage and moving the driveway is changing the configuration of the existing accessory structure. configuration is can be read in a couple contexts right configuration of the overall site where it's where it's located where how it's accessed um, but also where openings and whatnot are located so if the garage is to ma be maintained in its exact position but then the door moved to the opposite side that to me would be a change in the garage configuration itself Obviously, if it's rotated, that's also a change in the configuration, but more on an overall level to the site, um, as it's now not you know, facing the same direction as the front of the house. Um, you know, again, I think this, this is a little bit... Uh, this, this guideline's, I think, a little bit tricky. For me, I, I understand, I, I agree with... I understand with uh, staff's position. I, I'm not sure that I, I quite agree. And I think in, in this case, in the sense, especially with, with the addition in the way that it is, especially in the, the rear of the property in the way this garage can be used and, and, and accessed. Um, I have a question. It doesn't pertain to the rotation of the garage, but to the new driveway. Yeah. So if the, old, the original driveway is maintained, the driveway. Um, 
And we have this concept with the building of maintain the original and the new has to be distinguished as new. If, if it's possible to distinguish a driveway as a modern addition while maintaining the original driveway, does that, con you know, does that concept of the, mm. the addition to the building being distinguished as new transfer to the site? Would you check your mic? I think it's off. I think it may just not be close enough. Oh, okay. It's the green light is <laughs> Okay, thank you. Right. I didn't follow that. Can you, can you repeat yeah. that? Yeah, so, and I'm, I'm only here thinking about the driveway, okay. not rotating the building, but the driveway. We have the concept with the building of the new, you know, we, you can have an addition as long as it's compatible but distinguished from the historic. So if we maintain the historic driveway, can we put in a new driveway as long as it's distinguished as modern and not part of the historic site? And theoretically, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> make, make, although anything other than gravel would look more modern. But. Right, yeah. Right, right. But are you saying you're not supporting rotating the garage, but you well, are supporting? Well, it's a sort of a different issue is, is what's all part of configuration. Okay. But I think it's also a valid question about what happens to the existing driveway. If it's, mm -hmm. does it, as part of this, this application, since it is somewhat un, unclear, mm -hmm. yeah, yes, exactly. it would be green space, but. Um, and I would say that in terms of or alterations to the site, that the driveway would be the most minimal. Right. We're not putting up structures or fences or but one of the things is we're having a garage that's not being used. To having a garage by turning it will be useful and will be used. And we can have the green space there, but also now they get an opportunity to have a, a garage that they can use. Right now it's not being used at all. And it's better to say, well, it was facing one way than the other. They're saving the building. They're just rotating it. They're putting a drive in. It's going to be useful for them. I think this goes back to my, you know, my attempt at my other question about visualization of the addition, but also the driveway and the houses that follow on Washington. Because mm -hmm. I think the applicant stated that there's another driveway adjacent to where this driveway is proposed. And then do we get into the alternating driveway house or like shared driveway? So it wouldn't be, it's not like there's a house immediately adjacent to where the proposed driveway is. It, but would that, I guess, maybe that's okay because some of the open space is maintained in that sense. It doesn't, it's not locating an additional structure in the yard, the rear yard. It's not altering so much the, that rear yard view any more than maybe the addition is that we're well, I think in some ways it is altering the rear yard because now, you know, before you had a good portion of lawn, or what I understand to be lawn, and, and this tree, which maybe is a separate issue, but now you're having a paved asphalt driveway and more building taking up that rear yard, which in my mind changes the site relationship mm -hmm. and landscape features and open space, which because it's recommended to retain that relationship. 
So. Because it's essentially being eliminated. The rear right. And I know it, it, it's a garage, which, you know, if you kind of look at hierarchy of structures, <laughs> maybe it's second or less tier. But, you know, how is that different from just picking up a building and moving it to a different site or, you know, changing its relationship? Mm -hmm. um, something to consider. I guess the, the way I'm seeing the standards is that this is not appropriate, mm -hmm. what's being asked. Um, just it, it's not, um, it's clearly listed as not appropriate. Um, I don't see a mitigating circumstance that would, in this instance, say, let's go against the standards and approve that. Um, what I am seeing is maybe a possible conflict with the deck that we just approved. And I would say that if the, the garage is not approved to be rotated, then I would be amenable to, uh, if the applicant wanted to slightly redesign that deck so that it's uh, better, more, you know, uh, just, yeah. If they want to redesign the deck, uh, you know, and it's a staff approved, I, I would be, Right. Amenable to a, a redesign of that and a staff approval without having to come back through mm -hmm. if, um, if the garage isn't approved um, and, and there's a desire to slightly modify the, the deck. Um. I, I agree. I mean, it, it, I think the design as it stands or the proposal as it stands, it's a, the design intent is good and I think it makes sense and I want to say yes but we have the pesky standards <laughs> in, this, in this case. I mean, just looking at, I kind of went on Google Earth and I see that the other, the houses on the opposite corners all have driveways in the location and the garage is facing the location that you guys are proposing. So this is the only outlier. So it makes perfect sense. You know, it's kind of one of these situations where good design is kind of outweighed by the standards, in my opinion. I guess I don't want to speak for everybody else. Um, it's unfortunate. Any further discussion? Are we ready for a vote? I need to look at the motion again, sorry. <laughs> All of those in favor of the motion, please say yes. Yes. Oh. All of those opposed, please say no. 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 Were there one or two yeses? Yes. Bob was yes. Okay. And there was one yes. Okay. Two yeses. Two yeses? Okay. There was a yes, I believe, that was misspoken. Changed. That was. Thank you. So the motion does not carry. Sorry, I'm just looking to see if there's any additional comment. Okay. I believe that's it. So the, the motion for the addition in the air AC unit passed. The garage did not. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Um, on to see. item F4, 514 West Madison. Ms. Thatcher, will you please give the staff report? This one I am going to let into the meeting uh, the uh, applicant and the homeowner that are here. Of course, it's not. Oh, there goes one. It's not actually doing it. Here with me, Adam. I'm trying to get you in. <laughs> Come on in. Oh, there it goes. Okay. All right. Share screen. This is 514 West Madison in the Oversight Historic District. This brick two-story mansard-roofed home appears in the 1894 and 1897 directories with no named occupant. 1898, it was the home of Emily and John Bonien. He was a laborer. Their, late, their last name is later listed as Bonin and eventually as Bonin, <laughs> uh, at which point John is listed as the assistant in charge of surveying instrument room, U of M. Features a full-width front porch with a shallow mansard roof that's adorned with arrow and round wood shingles. And the base of the porch is rusticated block, and the decking and stairs are poured concrete. One over one double hung windows are topped with shallow brick arches, and the front and side elevations of the mansard roof feature small dormers with stylized pediments. Uh, in May of 2012, a fire caused extensive burn damage to the second floor and attic, and smoke and water damage throughout the house. Repair and restoration occurred in 2012 and 2013. In 2013, the HDC approved an application to install a third floor dormer. Uh, that's facing the back of the house and to change a window opening on a rear location. This site is on the north side of West Madison Street, west of 3rd and east of 4th Streets. The applicant is seeking HDC approval to replace the masonry elements of the front porch with similar materials. Okay, so this is a very unique front porch. There's not another one like it in Ann Arbor that I know of. It's constructed of rusticated uh, CMU <coughs> concrete masonry units, uh, concrete blocks. Come on. Um, here's a photo from the, the uh, application materials. You can see that the, the stairs and the deck are poured concrete slabs, and uh, the wing walls and the wall of the porch and uh, the ends of the walls of the porch are uh, rusticated block. And then the columns, the, the porch posts, sit on these piers or, or half columns that are uh, square blocks instead of rectangles that are stacked up. Uh, there is certainly deterioration, as you would expect on a, you know, 130-year-old uh, porch. It's, I don't know if this porch was original to the house or not. It's certainly unique, um, and it's certainly from the period of significance. You can see that there has been 
degradation of these very exposed columns. These are these are almost smooth, and in a middle minute I'll show you the one that's in the best uh, condition for what it probably originally looked like. Um, you can see that the longer blocks uh, also have deterioration. It's in um, certain spots. Uh, it, it's not that the whole thing is just falling apart, but there are there are areas of degradation. This is. Uh, the pier that's against the wall on the east end of the porch, the far end of the porch, and this is the interior surface. This is probably the best preserved from the weather, and that's what uh, it's closest to what they originally looked like. The 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 concrete definitely has uh, an appearance of the aggregate that you can see in it. Um, the the caps on these columns or piers uh, are also. Um, showing quite a bit of wear. This is the front steps here on the right, and this is the slab leading to the front door. These are obviously newer when you're standing there up to this line than the other slabs that make up the concrete decking. It's, I just uh, included that in there by way of comparison. It looks like there used to be some sort of a coating on the deck, but I don't know what that was, and there's not much left of it. This is the deck. This chair is the same as this chair, just for mm -hmm. reference. But you can see um, where on the wall block there are areas where the, the, the CMU is definitely eroding. And they are hollow blocks. And on some of them you can reach right in there and it, it, it's, it's pretty crumbly. The wing walls have mm -hmm. some pretty serious deficiencies. That's a bad one. You can put your old hand in there if you want. Um, This is the other wing wall. Its cap has cracked, and you can see where water's just, you know, eroded right through it there. Uh, the application states that the, the 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 deck is pulling away from the wall. There are certainly spaces there, um, but I don't know that it's you know gotten a lot worse over time. Oh, these are neat masonry joints. You can see that they're raised. Um, this mm -hmm. is the far end that's in the bushes. I think that this detail has probably been lost with repointing on the other uh, uh, more visible parts. Um, that's interesting. I hadn't noticed that before. And yep, there's a gap there. Uh, I, I don't know how uh, severe that is and how much of a problem that is. This mm -hmm. is the column that's in the worst condition because it has both a block with a crack and the, the cap is cracked. So the, the drawings have some errors. Um, these are the existing conditions. Um, it says 18 by 18 inch architectural block columns are actually 16 by 16 um, and the applicant corrected that in an email that I'll show you in a minute. Um, it also says that the side walls are 8 by 16 inch architectural block. They're not, they're 8 by 20 inch. You can see that in the photos. Um, these are the 16 inch blocks, and these are clearly mm -hmm. wider. These are the 20 inch wall blocks. All of the masonry is proposed to be removed and then replaced. Um, keeping the wooden elements, the wooden porch posts, and everything above them. Um, new poured concrete steps uh, with 8-inch architectural block sidewalls, same footprint, and look similar to existing. 
Um, and there we've got the 18 inch uh, again, which should say 16 inch. That's the proposed foundation plan. I'm not sure what 24 inch architectural block piers means. Same footprint and looks similar to existing. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a misstatement for 16 inches. Uh, and then there's a section view, a uh, couple of them. The wing walls are shown there. They are in the same uh, location and footprint. The proposed new block, uh, mm -hmm. it is a rusticated look. You're probably never going to match that existing rusticated look. I think this one, as these blocks go, is a better match than most that I've seen. Um, we've seen a few porches come through with a fent block that's a little less rustic than this and a little more just angular looking like little pieces have been planed off in the mm -hmm. mold. Um, I think that this one looks uh, pretty good. So this is uh, an email that Kyle Davis sent me day before yesterday, so it didn't get into the packet. Um, but he said that they will be using, this was a result of the conversation that the review committee had with uh, Adam, who also works for Dexter Block. Uh, Kyle confirms that they're proposing to use 16 by eight by eight inch block. Um, and 16 inch squares for the columns to keep the original look as much as possible. We will miter our corners together to give the look of a solid 16 by 16 inch block. The base block will be slightly shorter than the existing, but will still keep the original style and look. Um, so, okay, so let's see. So Secretary of Interior Standards, um, I've already read to you two, nine, and 10, Oops, just two and nine. From building site, it's recommended to identify, retain, and preserve building features uh, that are important in defining its overall historic character. It's not recommended to introduce new construction that's visually incompatible in terms of size, scale, design, materials, color, and texture or to destroy historic relationships on the site. From the guidelines for district or neighborhood setting, it's not recommended to remove or radically change those features which are important in defining the historic character. Um, uh, note the word radically changing there. That's something you'll have to decide if the, what's proposed is radically changing the appearance. From the guidelines for masonry, it's recommended to identify, retain, and preserve masonry features that are important in defining the overall historic character of the building, such as walls, brackets, railings, cornices, window trays, door pediments, steps, and columns, and details such as tooling and bonding patterns, coatings, and colors. It's not recommended to remove or radically change masonry features, which are important in defining the overall historic character of the building, so the character is diminished, or to replace or rebuild a major portion of exterior masonry walls that could be repaired, so that as a result the building is no longer historic and is essentially new construction. It's recommended to repair masonry features by patching, piecing in, or consolidating using recognized preservation methods. Repair may also include the limited replacement in kind or with compatible substitute material of those extensively deteriorated or missing parts of masonry features when they are surviving prototypes. It's not recommended to replace an entire masonry feature such as a cornice or balustrade when repair of the masonry and limited replacement of deteriorated or missing parts is appropriate. It's also not recommended to use a substitute material that does not convey the visual appearance of the surviving parts of the masonry feature or that is physically or chemically incompatible. All right, um, 
Moving on to a couple of staff comments. As I said before, this porch is very unique to the Old West Side because of the sculpted block elements and they're bigger blocks and I think that that's important to note in this application. Um, they were most likely cast on site as the porch was being built. Um, the decking and the caps on each pier and wing are four inch concrete. So um, I, I, I can't recommend approval of this application as proposed with the clarification that came in a couple days ago via email because the blocks don't match the size of the existing blocks. I think it's very important to the character of the porch that these are oversized and that's on purpose. It's to make them look more like big stones. Mm -hmm. And somebody at some point said, yeah, we're not going to use the standard size. We're going to go big. And also that these, these columns are a very uh, unique um, style and they're the only example that I know of of square concrete masonry units um, stacked up like that or used anywhere uh, in the Old West Side Historic District. Um, so I think at a minimum what's needed is um, for only the deteriorated parts to be replaced with uh, a better match in terms of size uh, for these, these concrete blocks. Um, I also feel like this pier has a crack that that could possibly, an experienced mason could, could repair that and a new cap be placed on top of this to keep, you know, water out. Um, and that the other piers are in pretty good condition. Uh, none of them are in great condition because they're old and they're CMU and they're worn down by the weather. Um, but I really didn't see any signs on the review committee visit that these piers in particular uh, cannot remain and be worked around. The walls are a little different. Some places are okay, some places are just bad. Um, so staff recommends that, that if uh, the walls are allowed to be replaced, that they be replaced in mas concrete masonry units that are the same dimensions and that uh, the piers remain. And I realize that it's going to be difficult to leave those and demo everything around it. Um, but I don't think that that's an impossible task. Um, and I look forward to uh, the commissioner's opinions on this. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Detcher. Uh, Commissioners Rockland and Ross, will you please give your review committee report? I can start. Um, so so yeah, I appreciate and, and um, wholeheartedly agree with staff's perception of the situation. Um, so going out there, you know, clearly the ports did have some condition issues. Um, but in my opinion, it, it didn't appear to merit wholesale replacement. It wasn't failing. Um, it's just whether, you know, kind of weatherization or not weatherization, but kind of weatherized due to age, but certainly functional, certainly not needing to be completely taken away and, and thrown out. Um, so yeah, so I did have questions about the, the desire to remove the whole thing. Um, I do agree with staff that it is a highly distinctive um, character defining element of, of our aspect of this house and of the district um, as a whole. Um, and also the issue around, I guess, using the kind of term the devil being in the details in terms of any sort of replacement um, 
concrete block going in um, because as Ms. Thatcher noted, once we got out there, we were looking and we we're looking at these concrete blocks and they're not your standard size of concrete block. And, you know, according to the standards, and I'm looking at standard number five, speaking to distinctive features, finishes, and construction techniques, or examples of craftsmanship that characterize the property should be preserved. Um, and then standard number six talks about the fact that um, deteriorated historic features shall be repaired rather than replaced, but if they have to be replaced, um, the, the new should match, not be similar to, but should match. And it's literally talking about um, the old in design, color, texture, and other visual qualities and where possible materials. So to me, this standard is talking about if there's gonna be a give, um, if necessary, it's the materiality, but all other features should not be similar, but should match, should replicate. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I'll stop and turn it over to Commissioner Rockland. Um, the, uh, yeah, I don't have much to add. I will just say that the, the, um, I, w I will agree with what I've heard that this, um, this is a very unique porch and it's unique because of these very large and, and uniquely shaped uh, CMUs, uh, concrete masonry units that, are, that were used to, to build the piers uh, and the walls. The pictures that the commissioners were looking at are squished, so you have to keep that in mind. And really the, um, so you can picture the square piers being the 16 by 16 inch. It, it, as you're walking up, you're just assuming that they're two blocks mm -hmm. with a vertical joint in between. And then as you walk around the yeah. pier, you realize there's no vertical joint. It's not two blocks. It's one giant block. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, that's what's making this unique. And, and the same thing in the wall, that strikes you right away that those units are really wide. Mm -hmm. They're squished in the picture that we all looked at, but they, the proportion is like an extra wide uh, proportion. Um, they, the piers themselves do look like they're structurally in good shape. Um, for the most part, I was expecting to see more cracking, um, but really what is there is what's been said is it, it's, been, it's weathered. The, in almost all instances, it's like this nice, smooth surface uh, where you just see the, um, the aggregate being exposed by the wind. Um, and then you have to creep around it, and uh, we saw the picture of, on a protected surface, the rustication, like the original rustication is still there. So, so um, you can see that they are uh, eroded, but I don't, they're not uh, structurally deteriorated. Um, if there was a, if, if they were easily, if they were readily available, if they were available at all, it seems like it would be appropriate to swap them out because they don't look like what they're supposed to look like anymore. But to, re I, it'll be interesting to talk about like, okay, but do you take them out and replace them with something that doesn't really look like them at all? Does that make sense? Uh, you have something that doesn't, something is, it already exists that doesn't really look right. 
but at least it's the historic material. If you replace it with something that looks right, um, I don't know. Um, so uh, let me think. Um, the the wing walls you saw those those are those are deteriorated and need to be replaced. Um, and then the 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 stairs uh, and the 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 decking. It's it's a little weird. Like there's a a bullnose detail on the stairs, like the treads, the nosing of the treads are a bullnose detail, and the overhang of the where would be the decking part of the porch is a flat detail, like you can see in the picture there. So um, that's just more evidence that those two pieces are from different two different time periods. Um, um, and they're they're deteriorated, and they're not necessarily unique. So I feel like you know replacing the the flooring and the stairs is um, is less of an issue uh, to discuss. That's it. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Um, is the applicant online? Or is the applicant yes, the applicants are online. Okay. Uh, would the applicant please unmute your microphone, turn on your video if possible, and provide your name and address for the record. You'll have up to five sure. minutes to speak if you have anything you'd like to add to the report. Sure. My name is uh, Zachary Moan of 514 West Madison. Uh, my wife Shannon and I uh, bought the house in, in 2017. It looked a lot different than it does now. If you want to compare the photo uh, in the staff report to the photos you've seen of the porch, um, We've put significant time and money into a house that was frankly a dump when we moved in. Uh, the concern that's being overlooked in all of this is that the structural stability of the porch is a problem. So if, if we need to have a structural engineer opine as to the fact that it's collapsing, I can provide that for a future meeting. Uh, the pillars have moved about three inches. Uh, in the last five years. That's after we reset them to be perpendicular before that. And the whole porch is pulling away and falling. Um, so there's no way to keep the piers on which the pillars sit that are sitting on dirt without any sort of structure or pylon below them. The pressure from that roof and those pillars cannot be supported by effectively sand block with no pylons underneath them. And that is fundamentally the problem, not so much the deterioration of the brick itself. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really our, our, our case. I mean, we've, you know, I renovated a whole house in Murray. We've done a lot of historic stuff. I, I get it, I understand it. We've been very careful with the house. We've been very respectful of everything with the house. Um, but this particular issue i mean it's not repairable so if we have to wait till it falls over or if you want us to try to replace the floor in which case the whole thing's going to fall over anyway and then we'll be replacing it because it's not there um we, we can go down that road but um it's fundamentally a matter of time until those get replaced and it can be now or later um i guess that's really all i got okay. thank you commissioners do you have any questions for the applicant it's like i'm I do have one question. Was there a consideration uh, to sal you know, dismantle and salvage the, any sound existing masonry units and then you know, set those aside, uh, construct the 
the necessary structural foundations to help support the, the structural issues that you just described and then reuse the salvaged masonry units because it sounded like from the committee site visit um, that a number of the units, existing units, were in sound or fair condition um, as opposed to wholesale replacement. If, if you right. have to go I mean, in and, and do foundation work anyway. Right. I mean, the blocks are soft. I mean, you can take a screwdriver and jab it through even the good ones. They're so soft. These are not modern concrete blocks, right? These are sand that's sort of put together <laughs> is a way to look at it. Um, and, and much of what you see is not even original. It's the prior owner sort of blobbed patching all the way through and a lot of that comes off and that's where you can stick your hand through as Jill mentioned earlier. Um, and so, you know, I don't really have any desire to replace this porch. I'm looking at it purely from a structural, frankly, safety with a two-year-old standpoint. Um, that it, it's just not. <laughs> I, mean, um, I understand the um, the value. I understand the value of the house. That's why we bought it. There's not another one like it. Uh, as Jill probably knows, we bought it with something like 13 expired building permits without a certificate of occupancy uh, because it had major fire damage. And frankly, when we bought it, three of those pillars were two by fours, and the pillars weren't there on the front porch. To be clear, <laughs> so. Um, you know, I, I, I understand uh, I understand where you're coming from. I understand the historical integrity of it. I don't think there, it's a, a practical solution, but obviously it's, it's your decision to make. Um, I think inevitably it, it will be replaced. Uh, whether that's 10 years from now or now, it'll, it'll be replaced. Um, there are, of course, companies that make this block. That's another option to look at it. There's certainly custom historic block places, I mean, that's probably cost prohibitive, but it exists that, that can make blocks those size. Um, but modern, um, just like Jill said, these were made on site, right? I mean, you know, it's between the 1890s and 1920s, Sears Robots and others sold, you know, sold these machines that you can make these on site for 15 bucks or whatever it was at the time. And, uh, and that's how they were done. So they're not something that we can do modern. Um, but anyway, that's, that's really what I have to add. I appreciate the consideration regards. So thank you. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. Um, just for clarification, Jill, can you remind me that the email that was sent, what the size blocks that were? I, I have a little bit of confusion in the, I guess, in the application and from the email. Yeah, what, let, me, let me pull that up again. What's actually being proposed? I was also confused because <laughs> <So laughs> there were some inconsistencies <laughs> I know. Uh, okay. amongst the different pages. So right. So the wall block is eight inch by twenty inch, okay. and the column block is sixteen by sixteen by eight. Right now, eight high. Okay, the so they're both eight high. Okay. The, so those would be single units. That's what's existing. Piers. You're saying. The existing, right? Yep. Okay. So the what's existing proposed? piers are 16 by 16 square by eight. The existing wall block is 20 inches wide by eight by eight. So they both have the same height. 
Yes. The piers and the wall. Yes, the piers and the, the wall. Length is different. What is proposed is all 16 by 8 by 8. So the wall blocks would get four inches narrower, shorter, less wide. Yes. <laughs> and the pier blocks would be joined together. You said to make they would be mitered. A 16 by 16. Yeah, they'd be mitered. To make it appear squared. Yeah. Yes. Would you do? You would use four blocks then. You would use two blocks, right? No, I think right? if you were mitering them, you would use four. So you wouldn't see a joint. Right, and yeah. miter each one so that, I, I would like to know that that's. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, do you have a. Because if you had two, you wouldn't have a chance to miter them. You would just butt them together. If you had four of them, you could miter four of them and I guess glue the corners so that it looked like one big block. So then there, there would, would no be, be no vertical yeah. joint. That that would right. probably um, there was a reference to twenty four inch piers on one of the drawings that was not consistent with the other ones, and I wonder if that's the well. You could still use sixteen inch 16, block, right? Miter four sixteen inch blocks, and it would be sixteen by sixteen. Okay, I guess I don't understand mitering, so I'm glad that you do. This is a forty five like degree yeah. cut. Oh, okay. Right. So, so, the so the corners, the corners Oh, I see. So the just seam. the corners are mitered. Okay. Yeah. yeah so you, then you don't have yeah. the seam. So if it were two blocks yeah. laid, then you would have a seam every other. I see. Because only one face of the block is finished. Right. So right. you have to use. Got it. Right. So got there it. would be, I guess, essentially just a joint at the corner of every single piece. Got it. Okay. Or it would be a clean. Okay. I mean, they make corner blocks that have two sides. Like if you have a corner of a building, right, mm -hmm. you would have two edge, you know, two sides rusticated, but those would be an eight inch side and a 16 inch side. Yeah. But what we need is 16 <laughs> all the way around. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. I mean, it, I would, <laughs> if I could see a mock-up of one of those yeah. and if it looks, you know, approximately like the existing, mm. or if someone's telling me that they can build that, but so is that what, it, do we think that is what is proposed based on, can we see that letter again? Yeah, I think you need to. I would want to see, see a drawing. Yeah. Documentation yeah. of that. Or like a mock-up or yeah. the detail, some details showing. Right. We'll be using that for the project. To keep with the original look as much as possible, those will miter our corners together to give the look of a solid 16 by 16 block. But then it says the base block will be slightly shorter than the existing. So I think that is, means the that? wall block. I think that means the, the, the porch, porch base, which is the walls. Okay. And those are shorter. Those are 16 instead of 20 inches. If you Oh, shorter that way. Shorter yeah. that oh, way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was yeah. height-wise shorter. Yeah, yeah, okay. Huh. Sorry, I was trying to see if there were any. I just wanted a clarification on what was being proposed and if there was any other clarification we needed from the applicant. I think. Do you want this, some drawings for this? We can ask for a continuation. They can bring in the drawing. Yeah, we actually yeah. can't ask for a continuation on this one because we have mm. no November meeting. Right. Oh. Mm. <laughs> so some action needs to be taken on this application tonight so you don't run into the 60 day time right. period limit. Because, I mean, I would also 
Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, Commissioner. Oh, I was going to say, I would also like, I mean, the, the applicant spoke to the potential of providing a report for a structure from a structural engineer on the condition of the porch. Mm -hmm. um, just because this is such a significant feature and he desires to remove the whole thing, I would like to also see that too. Um, for, yes. You know, to feel like, okay, mm. let it go. So if there is some sort of maybe an action or a denial with an understanding that we're not just like go go away never come back but just a hey we need this additional information um yeah mm -hmm. can we also can we suspend the rule because the reason it's it's the city of ann arbor it's, it's not a city rule it's a what happened is it's an election it's us that not going to meet. It's not that he didn't meet. He would meet the requirement, but we're not meeting. And the reason we're not meeting is because there's election. I say, if, if we can suspend the rules till December, then they can give us the drawings. And and the reason, I mean, the reason, it's not that he is not uh, meet the standard. It's us that's not going to be here to hear it. Are you saying it's an incomplete application? That's what Is I guess I'm wondering. About? Pardon me? Are you saying that we can look at this as an incomplete application? Till so December when we meet again. Well, no, that's what I'm. I guess I'm asking, Miss Thatcher, like if if we looked at this as an incomplete application, i.e., we don't have the structural report and we don't have appropriate drawings or right. information. I think if that's an interesting idea. I think if right now you, as a body, decided to reject this application, it would essentially be resubmitted for the December meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never heard of that being done before. Um, but if the applicant is amenable, I think that, you know, if everybody agrees that this application is incomplete and needs this, these, these at least two pieces of information, um, that then, as long as you don't take action, it could come back in December. Okay. I think it's also unclear in the drawing complete. some of the information, so I think that yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And I, I, I don't think that you could normally do that, but I think that a structural engineer's report um, is something a little more substantial than just we need a drawing, mm -hmm. you know, of something. Um, okay. I, I do think that that's, that's a reasonable way to go about it. Um, we would need to get Zach's buy-in on that, though. <laughs> Commissioner um, so Fortner let's, has let's, a... let's stop this share oh, and get back Commissioner to Commissioner Fortner has a... Oh, okay. Had we not um, had mo approved motions that we that were um, conditional on things being submitted for staff review? Yeah, you can do that too. So we could say submit this. You know, we approve this on condition that the structural engineer report is submitted. Drawings are drawings that show replication of the original dimensions of the blocks. Mm -hmm rustication pattern, something, mm -hmm. and staff review, and then it might not even take till November. That's another approach that you guys could take. But would that new information be purely staff review yes. purview? Or is that information that we as a body yeah. want to see? Well, and yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can we describe it. what that has to be in uh, detail uh, enough can, uh, to be comfortable? Conditions assessment of the masonry units. Uh, Is that a motion? 
No, that's not no, a solution. I think I'd, I'd want to see those things just due to yes. the kind of distinctive character of this specific element. That's just me. I agree with that. Yeah, I've seen that for most commissioners. Mm -hmm. Great. Yes. So, Zach, this is rather a creative approach, but mm -hmm. if you are amenable to getting the commission more information on what those mitered peers would look like and also a structural engineer report, um, that would increase their comfort level immensely with replacing, you know, more of the materials that are there. If you are amenable to that, you would, you would essentially be withdrawing your application right now and then resubmitting it. Um, because we have to uh, take action within 60 days on all applications. If we don't take mm -hmm. action in 60 days, then it's automatically approved. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and I, I do think that the applicant withdrawing it right now would be a little cleaner than us saying mm -hmm. it's incomplete at this point because we're here. Um, yeah. But you'd have to agree to that. Yeah, I think that's fine. And, and withdrawing it also gives me uh, the option to decide whether to resubmit effectively instead of committing to do that. Um, yeah. So that, that's fine. Okay. I mean, I can also, if it's helpful, provide photos of, I think, three other porches that have the same pillars and the same block structure that have been replaced and are completely new um, with, with new block on the old west side. So to, to the extent that's helpful, I think one of them was done in the last couple of years. Uh, one of them's on Liberty by the big bar field entrance has almost exactly the same porch, uh, but has been completely replaced and has really bad miters on, on this. Uh, <laughs> not what you want. They're sort of the really 90 degree, like ugly miters. Um, but, but it does exist. It's, it, it is unique in its own way, but the fundamental, the idea of those pillars supported on those black pylons exists on the old west side for sure, so. Okay. So I appreciate, I will, voluntarily withdraw and decide whether to resubmit. I don't think it impacts the project because I think we're kind of out of season anyway at this point in terms of weather to get it done. So okay. Okay. it would bring to actually do the work at this point. Okay. Can I just add one, one more point that I, I'd be curious in seeing is just how, how you're going to replicate the 20 inch wide blocks too. That, that was another sticking point that we were having. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other porches like this that have been replaced in the neighborhood do 16 and 4, 16 and 4. They don't do a solid 20. I can okay. photos of that. I'm, I'm not suggesting that's how I want to do it because I think that's actually much like the bad miter I just discussed, but that is how they've done it on other porches on the west side that have been replaced. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. I mean, actually see if you can get that block made because I agree it would be better to done that way if we could, but I don't know. Uh, what that looks like in reality. <laughs> so thank you all for your, your consideration on withdraw and, uh, and resubmit uh, with needed information in the future uh, if I decide to do that. I'm just going to leave your application in our track it or in our um, stream system so uh, we can just go back to it. You know, if you decide Perfect. to resubmit in the next six months, then we'll close it out later if you don't proceed. Okay, yeah, and if I decide not to, I can confirm with you, Jill, you know, just so you know. Okay. That'd be great. All right. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Um, on to item F5, 543 Detroit Street. This application has been postponed. Um, we will hold a public hearing. So, we'll not open that. 
it, this is an opportunity for people to speak for up to three minutes about the posted application at 543 Detroit Street. Um, you can call 877-853-5247 and enter meeting ID 965-3669-9762. Um, and press star nine on your phone to indicate you would like to speak. Do we have any? No callers. All right. Closing the public hearing portion for F5 onto F6, 404 South 1st Street. Please give the staff report, Ms. Dutcher. One minute. For South First Street was before you last month for uh, consideration of an addition that was not approved. Uh, so I'm not going to go through a lot of the history and things. Um, but a new application has been submitted to add a smaller addition on the southwest corner of the house with a second story that extends slightly over the rear of the garage to install a parking pad and to remove the chimney. Um, so here is the house once again. We had a really gorgeous day for taking photographs <laughs> on Monday. Really? It was really nice. Um, as you'll recall, down this driveway, there's a little notch here between the uh, little corner between the garage and the house. And this is where uh, an addition that's similarly sized to the one that you guys considered last month would um, be constructed. It would be a two-story uh, addition. Uh, pretty much mostly over this back corner though and a little bit uh, out over the very back of the garage. The entire two-story addition would be behind this window uh, for reference. So no, um, no significant architectural features would be lost. Uh, there is this, with the exception of this one, uh, small window on the back. Uh, and that is the chimney that is proposed to be removed as part of the application. Um, so here is the proposed first floor plan. The gray area is the new ADA restroom that's required for a commercial use, which this building is uh, proposed to be used for mainly office with some residential. Roof plan, you can see uh, it has a, it's, it's a, you know, a, a gable that ties in well below the existing roof ridge. There's where the chimney would be removed from and patched. Uh, the garage would get a new roof um, with, a, with a slightly increased slope to uh, get the water off of it. And you can see on this slide how, so I'm having trouble with my mouse, how the, the garage extent is here, but the second floor uh, extends slightly over the garage. It's not, the, the front wall here extends down to the garage roof but there's a plenum space, a, a dead space between the addition and the roof of the garage. Um, these are the existing elevations. I'm gonna go over them rather quickly. If you wanna go back, I can. So this is the south or, or the driveway elevation. This is the addition on the back here. It has hardy lap siding with three inch exposure um, and the 
there are a couple of new windows that are aluminum clad to distinguish them from the original windows which are not aluminum clad and the shingles up here are also hardy shingles. Uh, this is an egress window so if that second floor uh, were ever turned back into a sleeping room um, it, that would be available. As you'll recall this garage is uh, a half an inch from the property line. <laughs> It is zoned commercial, so it's, it's okay per zoning. Um, it's just really close. The new addition is here. You can see that it's just on a foundation. It, it does not have a basement beneath it. Um, and it is inset uh, from this corner uh, substantially, which uh, I really appreciate. And it's inset a little bit less from this back garage corner, but this wall is just, uh, it's just getting enough space on that first floor was very difficult, but they, they were able to inset it, which I appreciated. Uh, you can see this is that existing historic window that's not going anywhere, not being touched. Little gable here you know, mimics the larger gables. Doesn't have um, the, the, the wide trim boards, though, that I think are present in the gables here. We might have to go back to a photo to look. Uh, you can see where the chimney is being removed. Here's the new work here. Um, the garage parapet remains. This is the parapet wall here. This is uh, hardy lap siding uh, on the new addition um, below a trim board here to sort of make it recede. It's, it's, it's pretty far back, so it's not ever going to look like this. Uh, but if you looked at it from an angle, you would see back there, that, oh yeah, this is, the, this is the extent of the second floor, and, and that would be that little uh, filled-in space. Here's that new, that, that space that I was talking about, that plenum. So the addition is built on posts. Um, this one will go beyond the interior of the garage, so you won't see it. And um, this is the second floor office space in the, with a little gable. So um, I've already read the Secretary of the Interior Standards, um, all of these. Um, I didn't read the guideline for roof where it's appropriate to retain and maintain original roofing materials, roof shape, dormers, cupolas, chimneys, and built-in or decorative gutters and downspouts, um, and that it's not appropriate to remove chimneys if, uh, if they are a historic roof feature. Um, but I did go through all of the guidelines for additions uh, on our previous, uh, and we're not supposed to have that one in there anyway. Uh, so I'm not going to go over all of those guidelines for additions because you've already heard them today. So staff does think that this is a much more reasonable approach to this addition and, uh, and that it's, it's located in the correct place and it's, it's sized appropriately. It doesn't interfere with historic materials um, to the extent possible, keeps these windows, um, keeps the garage reading as a garage with just a small overhang here on the back. Um, and staff does recommend approval of the application. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Dutcher. Commissioners Ross and Rockland. I think this will be a quick one. Um, so yes, I agree with staff's interpretation of the situation. Um, and um, so when you're out there, it is funny you do see this 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 really little tiny space in the back of the garage, where the new addition will kind of be notched, yeah, just located in the garage. And I I believe. Um, um, last month, when they were talking about putting the bathroom, I th was the bathroom in that location? Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So, yeah, so I feel like as a commission, we were okay with the bathroom being over there. So I do appreciate the fact that the applicant took our, and the architect took our um, issues um, <laughs> into consideration and then came back with a thoughtful redesign of really kind of pushing the second story back to where they had proposed the garage. So to me, I felt like it was, this is definitely a case where um, the applicant and the architect was looking at kind of providing what they needed, but in a minimum, in a very minimal way, just make it functional. Um, and I guess this goes back to Commissioner Rockland. You've got the cross gabled situation where the roof um, of the new addition is set lower, um, well lower than the main roof line. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a very well thought out um, proposal uh, for a new two-story addition on this property. I agree 100% with that. Um, I don't know if it was noted, um, but the uh, I'll just say that the eve of the addition is at a slightly different elevation than the eve of the existing, which is a nice way to differentiate. Um, and I just think that uh, we've said it, I've said it already tonight, that corner houses are difficult. Uh, but this is, um, this just does a really good job of, of getting, yeah, just what they needed and, and appropriately uh, adding on to a corner house. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, would the applicant finally please step forward um, and state your name for the record? You have up to five minutes to add anything you'd like to to the staff report or Hello. review committee uh, reports. I am not Teresa Angelini, uh, <laughs> but I will be speaking on her behalf, uh, Angelini Associates Architects, on behalf of uh, Chuck, Ken, Mary Albright. Um, I don't know if we have the slideshow that we presented, but it may be moot point at this point um, <laughs> as far as kind of like new information. Um, we, I think, addressed the concerns that you guys had previously um, without overly compromising the client's wishes of adding office space and getting that ADA restroom um, on the first floor. So I guess I'll just open it up to questions at this point or any concerns. Um, but obviously, you're familiar with this house and project, and it's getting late. So <laughs> I will defer to you guys on that. Commissioners, any questions? No. no? All right. None. <laughs> um, like they've said, I think it seemed, this one seems pretty straightforward. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I'll open up for a public comment. If this is an opportunity for people to speak for up to three minutes on the application at 404 South 1st Street. We have no Zoom attendees Great. anymore. All right. Mm -hmm. So public hearing is closed for this application. Is there a commissioner that would like to make a motion? Commissioner Porter. I move that the commission issue a certificate of appropriateness for the application at 404 South 1st Street a contributing property in the Old West Side Historic District to construct an addition on the southwest corner of the house with a second story that extends modestly over the rear of the garage, install a concrete parking pad, and remove the chimney, as proposed. The work is compatible in exterior design, arrangement, texture, material, and relationship to the rest of the building and the surrounding area and meets the Secretary of the Interior standards for rehabilitation and guidelines for rehabilitating historic buildings in particular standards 2, 5, 9, and 10, and the guidelines for additions, as well as the Ann Arbor Historic District Design Guidelines, in particular the guidelines for additions. Support. Moved by Commissioner Fortner, seconded by Commissioner White. 
there a discussion on the motion? I just want to reiterate, I also appreciate the applicant and their team taking into consideration our concerns and uh, looks like they clearly heard us um, and it looks like a, a great meeting of the minds and compromise between the client's wishes and being respectful of the historic resource. Ready for a vote? All of those in favor, please say yes. 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 All of those opposed, please say no. Great. The motion carries. Your application has been approved. Please note you must apply for any permits before beginning work on your project. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thank you for accommodating. I know I'm getting back in. I appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. All right. The last hearing. On to item G, new business. There is no new business on tonight's agenda. Yes, there is. Is there? there is. Oh. <laughs> and you're looking at Right over that. I'm just breezing right over that. <laughs> we got I'm that. looking at my notes, not the. <laughs> Bob, you're the nominating committee, I believe. Yes, Anna, would you uh, like to continue being with him? Do I have to decide tonight? You have to decide. <laughs> <laughs> We as a body are voting tonight. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I could continue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I could continue. Okay. David's shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> okay, by the bylaws, uh, everyone, you know, the people that are officers, who continue as officers, says you, have to, you can be in for uh, two years in a row. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go. Mm. So, uh, anybody else would like to be an officer? We have uh, we have a slate here. We have uh, a chairperson, uh, vice chair, and a secretary, and they are Anna Epperson as chairperson. We have uh, Dave. Brockman as uh, vice chair, and, and Jesse, Jessica, excuse me, Jessica Kiana as uh, secretary. Would anybody else like to be uh, an officer? We, don't, we only have three, but <laughs> it's open if you like to self-nominate yourself. If not, there's no objection. You do need to you do need to vote. That's what I'm saying. With yeah. No objections, or we could vote. Yeah, we well, vote. it does say it says in the bylaws that you have to vote. All in favor of this, like, yeah. Uh, please vote. Yes. 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 Uh, vote no or nay. It's Good. a unanimous <laughs> decision. Yeah. Thank you, Thank officer. You Retain our position. Thank you. Your position. So this will be our second year, correct? Yes. Correct. So next, next year we will need, we need the, a big mix-up. The, the chair will be done. You cannot yes. be chair anymore. And traditionally, the vice chair moves up and the secretary moves That's up. Correct. So be thinking about that. If you don't want to do that for some reason, um, let That's us know not. next September. <laughs> and then the next person who's eligible is the one based on the seniority. Well, it's whoever wants to do it, really. You don't have to do it. Whoever's willing. You don't have to do it. 
<laughs> Traditionally. <laughs> Traditionally, yeah. It could change at any moment. This is a board that likes tradition. So. <laughs> Thank you all. At, I'm looking at the old minutes. <laughs> you sure you want me to change? I was just yes. saying, thank you, Anna. <laughs> yeah. Any You've other new steering. business that I may have overlooked? No, that's no. it. Okay. Guiding us well. Item H, approval of minutes. So we did receive um, August and September minutes. Has everyone had to had a well, chance to take a look? I didn't receive them, but uh, I can get them someday. They were sent virtually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. That's okay. Those came out late, Bob. <coughs> did everyone have a chance to review? Or need a minute? Yeah, okay. No objections. Minutes are approved as presented. Thank you. Okay. okay. On to item I, reports from commissioners. Is it, are there any reports from any commissioners they'd like to share? Okay. Um, I could give some news from Cobblestone Farm. Mm -hmm. Is that the one silver lining to the um, vandalism with the windows? Is that the city has approved? You know, they were in the in the process of contracting for specific window repair to some of the windows that were very badly in need of it, and the city has decided to support all the windows being refurbished. Mm -hmm. Good. And um, the, the shutters being I don't know if they have to be replaced or just refurbished, but hung so that they are functional mm -hmm. and can protect the windows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's so that'll be happening report. over the next year. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's, That's great. great. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. On to item J, assignments for the December 5th meeting. Or, excuse me, Oof. December, December 8th meeting. That sounds... Review committee would be on Monday, December 5th at noon. So long from now. Yeah. <laughs> Volunteers. Was your hand? Yeah, my hand was in there. I volunteered. Okay. Yeah, we have to do that one. You were so shy about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anna. Did you just? Yeah. So you can. Yes. Okay. Bev and Anna. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you both. Excellent. Yeah. I promise the weather will be good. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in now before I forget. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> At noon. Um, right. Wow. On to item K reports from staff. Bob, grab the first. There was no reports. No. Okay. No. Um, L, concerns of commissioners. Concerns? Sure. Communications? No communications. And on to adjournment. Now adjourn. October 13th meeting of the Ann Arbor Historic District Commission. <laughs>